Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, everyone. We have a really fun episode of The Command Zone coming up today. Josh and I put together some exciting EDH combos, which inspire us to go deep on a new deck tech daydream. We call it the Stop Hitting Yourself deck. All right, so today's show is brought to you by, and we're really grateful to get to do this for the first time ever, a new fun role-playing game called Blood Brothers 2. It's free to play. You can download it right now on Apple or Android devices, and it's got a really nice polish and style to it. The game reminds me a lot of a competitive turn-based RPG, and if you guys have played games like XCOM, Final Fantasy Tactics, or Fire Emblem, you're going to know what I'm talking about. There's both a single-player campaign and also a cool multiplayer mode where you can join friends in guilds and battle against other guilds and other enemies in real-time PvP. I've gotten to play the game a bit now, and it's a lot of fun, and it's also nifty because I think as Magic players, we actually have an edge when it comes to games like this. So you can find out more at bloodbrothers2.com, that's the number two, or just visit the App Store or Google Play, and you can download it for free. All right. Let's get on to today's episode of The Command Zone. Greetings, humans. You have entered The Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We are on episode 28, my favorite number. Bing! Because it's my birthday number. What was the bing? I don't know. It was my own. I've been watching a lot of Gravity Falls recently, and there's a lot of like animated <laughs> things that happen to the characters. It's my so. favorite number. Bing, bing. Yeah. Every single time someone says 20. If we bing. were like super high tech, like a radio show, we'd have like a cool bing oh, sound yeah, yeah, that we yeah. can hit for you. Every streamer I watch always has a couple of like, uh, like Paul Cheon has his uh, empty the Cheons thing every time someone yeah. subscribes. Bing, bing. I'm just going to wait, hit the button again. Bing. Nice. Wow. We have a new soundboard here at the Command Zone. Uh, we're going to add all sorts of, like, we'll have one that just does a helicopter noise. <laughs> we have to do one for the Whisperwood, right? <laughs> and for, and for uh, a thousand wins. Why do all the cool soundboard noises sound just like Josh? I don't know. I mean, we had to get we had to source them from somewhere. Um, oh, by the way, thanks. We had uh, the, the remainder of the contest winners email us. So thank you guys for getting back to us. Um, we're going to be doing more giveaways, of course. Uh, so just follow us. Us on Twitter at Josh Lee Kwai, at JF Wong, and at Commandcast. And one of those three could tweet out the it's, contest. We've had some people being like, okay, I'm here. Where's the contest? It's like, they come up. You they just have to up. pay attention. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd say about once a week we give stuff away, mm-hmm. uh, whether mm-hmm. it's packs, whether it's like, yeah, beta keys. For I mean, us. we just gave away two full Commander 2014 decks. Yeah. MSRP, $34.95. <laughs> Bing! 
Bing. <laughs> no, that'd be even $28. But uh, yeah, exactly. Bing. Um, bing. So just follow us. Um, and usually we always, if you have to follow one, follow Command Cast because that retweets everything. It's like the, uh, it's the shared account. And every time I see a tweet by Josh, I'm like, auto retweet. It doesn't cost you anything to hit follow on Jimmy and mine too. Though. That's true. Also, like you won't have any chance to win the beta keys off of the Command Cast thing if you, yes. don't, if you don't follow one of us. So yeah. Yeah. That's um, a different the Heroes of the Storm beta key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bing. Bing. I'm just going to say that anytime like there's an awkward pause and like, we don't know what to say, which doesn't happen very often, but <laughs> you with another guest, they come on, they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" They're like, "Oh, I'm good." Bing. They're <laughs> like, "What was that?" It's like, "I don't." don't That's worry about Jimmy pushes the button on our soundboard. Like, and we're like, "Oh, look, it sparked conversation." Then we're back on the Bing. <laughs> Uh, what are we I'm excited about for this episode. I I am too. Uh This is my favorite thing about well, that's difficult to say, but it's... It's one of. It's definitely one yeah. of my favorite things about Magic. It's definitely my favorite thing about deck building. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would put my favorite things opening packs. Yeah, Because that's like it. scratching lotto tickets, which... Yep. Yeah. It's and like scratching an itch is more yeah. like it. But then this might be number two, like finding cool card interactions, synergies, mm-hmm. combos. Now, this is what, by the way, just caused you to try and create a new standard deck. Yeah, was a combo uh, yeah, specifically. Yeah, well, that's what gets me excited. Yeah. Well, and I did it last time. We tried to do standard two. It was all Jeskai mm-hmm. Ascendancy, which, by the way, I was the very first weekend it, doing it. Yeah, you made it before Yu Yu Watanabe made his version. Yeah, his was way better. That's the difference. <laughs> I was like, I see that something can be done here, but I couldn't quite pull it off to the level, obviously. That yeah. I mean, that guy's he, got a few pro yeah. tours and other things. He's all right. His belt. Yeah, just top 25. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. He's, I, I could probably take him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, a fist fight? Like, like I don't think I, I could be in magic. Yeah, right. I, I don't even know if I could do that. Um but this is, yeah, I got super excited when we were just coming up with our outline for this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just super fun. And also, uh, the outline for this episode actually cost me a whole bunch of money. Uh-oh. What happened? You built. I got so excited. I was like, oh, I got to build this deck. Nice. And we'll be talking about that deck at the end of the episode yeah, as well. Yeah, we got a little deck tech daydream um, going on. Although, it's not pretty much soon it's daydream, just going to be yeah. a deck tech because I did actually order all the cards. But at the time <laughs> we were planning the episode, it was just a daydream as we like to say you made your wish list your <laughs> shopping cart and yeah. those cards are on the way um, once again this podcast costing me money yeah but it's free for you guys <laughs> so make sure you tweet us out and tell your friends about us. Bing. <laughs> Bing. uh so this episode is tentatively titled combo tastic yes um and this is actually it's not the, tentatively titled that it, anymore you just titled <laughs> I it i just titled it yeah it's actually gonna be tentatively titled Combo combo tastic slash deck tech daydreams. Josh spent a lot of money. Wow. The longest title we've ever had. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah, brewing is a huge part of EDH. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, it's the reason the Yenifenza deck list came about. Yeah, because like, you're like, oh, I really want a, like a tech general I can send in against like graveyard decks and also make a good deck out of it. So that was uh, that was how I started with that one. Um, you know, it's interesting. The word combo. When I, I talk about this often, how I started uh, basically when. Uh, Magic came out, and the word combo has evolved a little bit, um, and we're sort of using the old version of what combo is, because combo now basically means means infinite combo. Yeah. You know, when you say, oh, he's got a combo deck, it's a Scape Shift deck, or mm-hmm. it's a Jeskai Sensei deck, it's a Splinter Twin deck, right. Kiki-Jiki deck. It's if it's I a, get to untap and you don't counter what I do, I win. I, I go infinite and win in some way, and right. you can't stop it. Um, so that's not what combo used to mean. And we're sort of we're we're going to talk about some infinite stuff, mm-hmm. but really we're talking about what would be considered, I think, like cool interactions or synergies. Yeah, you know, combo used to be channel fireball. You know, the card channel is you spend any amount of life, and for every life you spend, you get one colorless mana. I just realized 
The Channel Fireball. Like ChannelFireball.com yeah. is named after the two cards, Channel and, and Fireball. Fireball. Right. And so, oh. fi- yeah. But bing. Channel Fire. <laughs> bing. <laughs> but Channel Fireball is not an infinite combo. Uh huh. You know, it's just a combo. Yeah. You know, really, you can only do 19 damage to him with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you get it off on turn three, which is the earliest you could get it off in, in back in the day. Well, with Moxes and stuff, you do better. But anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, so the combo used to not mean what it means today, and we're sort of using the old idea of combo. So yeah, this is like sort a, of like a combo attack in in a fighting game. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't just necessarily like kill them or go on forever, but yeah. it's just cool interaction that you know is cool. So nice. Um, well, I'll, I'll kind of go first. Okay, cool. So I mean, uh, a couple of like I guess basic uh, rules. I guess when we made this combo is nothing can be too magical, Christmas landy. So oh, I don't know. Some of mine is pretty magical, Christmas, Andy. <laughs> you didn't tell me that rule. Well, I mean, it's not a rule, rule, but like, I mean, like a lot of these are just two cards, right? Right. You know? right. And so, well, obviously, when the card total gets above four or five, which some of mine do too, then yeah. then you're in the little bit of the realm of improbability. The but thi- it's EDH. Anything here's the can thing happen. about combo, though. You can sort of layer it, right? So yeah. if you get these two cards, it's cool and it does something. If you get this third card. <laughs> then it goes, but you don't ever want it to be like it does nothing with the two cards, yeah. and the third card comes in, and then only then is it okay, and then the fourth card, you know what I mean? The fourth card is what makes it like really ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean you can put that in your deck, obviously, but you want it to be able to work on all its levels. Mm-hmm. So you know, in general, like a combo that literally, if all four cards are in play, it, it works. But if any one of those cards isn't in play, it does nothing. Yeah, then that's usually not a great combo you want it to work on its different layers it's also fun to build combos in edh because uh you it's singleton so you can't build yeah. like four copies of this guy blah, 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 so i can yeah. make sure i always get it off yeah so you have to kind of be a little flexible a lot too. of the good combos in edh2 are like you requiring cards that are either functional reprints uh-huh. or cards that like share mechanics and the mechanic is what you're comboing off of yeah so a functional cards re- like fate stitcher where you can use it twice yeah, exactly. Fate Stitcher can be a stand-in for another combo piece. Well, think if you've got a, a combo that requires you to untap something. Yeah. Well, you've got Fate Stitcher, you've got Kiora's Follower, you've got... There's a bunch of cards in the History of Magic that untap something. So you can... Part of your combo can actually be like four or five cards in your deck that serve the purpose of untapping the thing. Yeah. You know, and so that's a good way to build combos also. Um, actually, my first example has a little bit of that. So... The first example is based off a card called uh, Angel of Glory's Rise. Which is a card that I will admit I have like seven of because yeah. they come in these like promo packs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're so not I have, worth like, much. Seven foil, like 20 cent Angel of Glory's Rise. <laughs> so please so tell me how this works. This would be in a human deck. Not It wouldn't have to be only human, but it would have to be human heavy because yeah. Angel of Glory's Rise, it's five and two white. So seven mana total for a four six flyer. It says when Angel of Glory's Rise enters the battlefield, exile all zombies. Then return all human creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it obviously wants to be in a deck with a lot of humans. The zombie mm. part, we're not worried about. That's just randomly hoses some Gisa <laughs> decks, which is great. But it has a really cool interaction with a certain card called Fiend Hunter. Fiend Hunter is one and two white for a human cleric, a one three. It says when Fiend Hunter enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature. When Fiend Hunter leaves the battlefield, Return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So what you do is Angel of Glory's Rise is out. You play Fiend Hunter targeting your Angel of Glory's Rise. Or even better, the Angel of Glory's Rise got your Fiend Hunter back by coming out from the graveyard. Exactly. Well, this is how it's going to work, right? Okay. So you have a bunch of humans in your deck. You know, you have your Angel of Glory's Rise under your Fiend Hunter. They can't board wipe. If they board wipe... It kills all your creatures. Ah. They go to the graveyard. Angel of Glory's Rise comes in, brings all those creatures back. 
you target your Angel of Glory's Rise with your Fiend Hunter and put it right back under there. Hey. So board wipes don't touch you anymore. Uh, there's ways In to fact, get it. Her- anytime, it, exiling doesn't even get rid of uh, the Fiend Hunter because the Angel of Glory's Rise will still return after, as long as it leaves right. play, it, right? Exiling the Fiend Hunter will get rid of the fact that you can do it again. Right. But you'll still get all your stuff back that time. Mm-hmm. So you can this, also bounce the fiend hunter to your hand just because yep, it's one of just to get your stuff back. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a really good protection in the human deck against like a big board wipe. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of got to get crazy with it. <laughs> so the thing that you want to do now is you want a sack outlet. Mm-hmm. So you the, can choose when to get rid of fiend hunter. So you can get rid of it on purpose. And the best sack outlet for this, because it's a human, is cartel aristocrat, um, or at least one of the best sack outlets. Cartel aristocrat is. Uh, two two for um, Orzov, which is black and white. It's a human advisor. Sacrifice, so that's why. yeah, sacrifice another creature. Cartel aristocrat games protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So you can obviously sack the fiend hunter. Mm-hmm. Angel of Glory's Rise comes back in. Fiend hunter comes back in. Brings it. Ugh, and you just do it. And then and then you. targets the Angel of Glory's Rise. So now you've got an infinite loop. Mm-hmm. Now you just need something that takes advantage of that. So Perforos will do it. Right. Because Perforos... That put you in Mardu colors. Yep. Perforos will, every time a creature enters the battlefield, so the Fiend Hunter is just continuously leaving and coming back into play because you're sacrificing to Cartel Aristocrat and it's coming mm-hmm. back. Or there's something like a Kessig Malcontents is a good one. Um, <laughs> Kessig Malcontents is two and a red for a human warrior, a 3-1. It says when Kessig Malcontents enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target player equal to the number of humans you control. So nice. you got Cartel Aristocrat, Fiend Hunter, Kessig Malcontents. Mm-hmm. You sacrifice the Kessig Malcontents and the Fiend Hunter to the Angel of Glory's Rise. You just Rise. sacrifice all your humans, really. <clears throat> yeah, you and could. And you can choose the You can't order sacrifice the Cartel Aristocrat to itself is right. the only thing. Yeah, and then you choose the order to come back in. The Fiend Hunter targets the Angel again, and you just continuously do that, and you just, you know, you basically machine gun everybody to death for nice. two damage or three damage at a time. So um, Might I recommend another card for this? Yeah. Uh, Falconrath Aristocrat, which yep. would also put you in Mardu. Yep. It's a 4-1 with flying, flying... It's a vampire, so it yep. loses a little bit of the combo there, but you can sacrifice a creature, so you can sack itself as well. Yep, and it... Yeah, exactly. Any sack, Ashland's Altar will work. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you've got a way, because the Fiend Hunter and the Angel and a sack outlet is an infinite loop. Now mm-hmm. you need a way for that to cause damage, and you just need something like Perforos or Kessig yeah. Malcontenter. There's a lot of ways to turn that into damage. You could also just have like a straight uh, a fireball type effect, too, if you just want to wipe one person off the board if you have a like a, a National Altar out, right? Yeah, true. You just create infinite mana. Mm-hmm. Just boom, 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 boom. And then, well, if you have fireball, you can actually infinite mana, split it three times, right, kill everybody. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, like I said, so so that's a combo, right, where Angel of Glory's Rise and Fiend Hunter work pretty good just on themselves if you had a lot of humans mm-hmm. in your deck. They just protect all your stuff. It's really hard for people to kill all your stuff. Yeah. Um, because you can always just, you know, sacrifice the Fiend Hunter, bring the Angel back, bring all your stuff, your humans back, and then safely tuck the angel of glory's rise beneath the fiend hunter again i like it yeah and then it, if you know once you draw those other cards or go find them then you can just win yeah yeah that's a fun little combo there um and i like it too because these are all cheaper cards as well yeah none like, of these cards are human expensive. tribal is a totally a fun deck to build mm-hmm. and in mardu colors you've got a couple of cool you've got a lot especially white and black have a lot or yeah. white and red have a lot of humans um, yeah, yeah so yeah nice all right that's my first one all right go? uh my first one is uh it's a 
I've always wanted to build a Super Friends deck, mm -hmm. and after Teferi Temporal Archmage came out, I was like, oh, oh man, boy, this this card would do really well with this other called card called Doubling Season. Uh, yeah. And Doubling Season um, essentially doubles counters whenever they would be placed on to a permanent. So uh, Teferi and other Planeswalkers, they would come in with double of their loyalty because those loyalties uh, are it's loyalty counters, so it gets doubled. Barroken. So yeah, so with a lot of Planeswalkers, you can have Doubling Season out, play that Planeswalker, and they'll be already you can immediately ultimate. Ultimate status, yeah. yeah. So what um, is Teferi's ultimate? Teferi's ultimate is a minus 10. He comes in with 5, so you would go to 10 with Doubling Season. That's really the only legitimate way to be able to get up here without people <laughs> murdering you first um and it says you get an emblem with you may activate loyalty abilities of planeswalkers you control on any player's turn anytime you could cast an instant Ugh. So that that is insanely broken in EDH because that means you can activate them every turn. Every turn, right. So oh that means you could bring God. other Planeswalkers that do come in with doubling season but not enough tokens like or right. counters that you could actually get them up to that point by the time it gets around to them, gets around to you again. I mean, bing! Yeah, bing! So I, I had a list of best as instance Planeswalkers. Uh -huh. um, Frailies comes to mind because she can pump out a 1-1 uh, or destroy an artifact or yeah, enchantment. Or destroy an artifact or enchantment. Or even draw cards is pretty yeah. good as an instant. Um, let's see here. You also have like Elspeth Sun's Champion. You can make a ton of human tokens or board white multiple times. Oh, that's oh yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, Karn Liberated, oh, you yeah. can just exile stuff left and right. And the best thing is, is that you can do it as an instant. So someone could do something and with Karn in play, you could be like, all right, I immediately exile that guy. Or yeah, exile no this time permanent. to do it because you're doing it in an instant. Yeah. yeah, or I respond to this and your combo piece is gone because now I have this. Actually, Ralzeric's pretty good for that because he just taps. Yeah, Ralzeric can tap and untap stuff. Uh, Tezzeret the Seeker also does the same thing. You can also fetch an artifact at instant speed and get it onto the battlefield and probably use it. Yeah, exactly. And if you have te uh, Tezzeret and Ralzeric, you could get like, oh, I don't know, like a Nevermore's disc and pop it out that and then immediately good. wipe everyone with Well, you've got Teferi, so you can untap it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ugin, the new Ugin's really great. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, Venser the Sojourner actually is one of my favorite because he can exile another target permanent you own and then return to the battlefield at the beginning so of the next So he flickers. You can flicker your own Planeswalkers. Oh, yeah. So, Reset their loyalty. Actually, yeah. double their loyalty again. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, obviously, you're going to have to be... Because Teferi is one of those uh, Planeswalkers that can be a commander, but obviously in a deck like this, you'd yeah. want multiple colors. I so think you're, you're going five you're color or four color. And just putting all well, the you can't Planeswalkers in. Yeah. Yeah. Seems good. Uh, yeah, the bet. Yeah, it's there's lots of fun. You probably fun want stuff Chain Veil in there. in there somewhere. Yeah, Chain Veil uh, is another great card. It, it says you can activate uh, if you tap it before. You can do each Planeswalker's abilities twice. So you could do it twice on their turns. Does that work? Yeah, I think so because you can do that and then you can use something like Rouse Eric to untap it, and then you could use like one of the Garricks to untap for Forest, and then just repeat the process over again because Chain Veil costs four to do it. Yeah, let me read Chain Veil. It's four mana for a legendary artifact. It says at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't activate a loyalty ability of a Planeswalker this turn you lose two life or you can tap four and tap it for each planeswalker you control you may activate one of its loyalty abilities once this turn as though none of its loyalty abilities have been activated so you can do it on other players turns yeah. also it works for all your planeswalkers yeah so it basically doubles the amount of planeswalkers you have out so the shenanigans that you oh can my pop off goodness is insane yeah um it is a little tough to get doubling season now without everyone looking at you and going like uh no nope. if they know you're a super friend stack yeah exactly and you have to have six mana or however many mana i think it's eight actually to get up uh good old no it's six for teferi you just do all mana ramp card draw and planeswalkers and yep. that's it and then like cards like flicker wisp or other or uh, uh yeah. or restoration angel so you can save your planeswalkers mm -hmm. and reset or the just counters. or just double yeah. your counters after you use some i like gideon jura you can just minus two him to destroy a tap creature someone's that's like okay good. go to combat like poop. you just royal assassin some yeah, dude? just royal at, at instant speed which is great um so, <laughs> oh, so yeah. nobody can ever attack 
Yeah, essentially. I mean, I at mean, least one of their guys is going to yeah, get wrecked. Yeah, with a yeah. cloak or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my first wombo combo, which is just use planeswalkers, doubling season plus doubling planeswalkers. Season. Yeah, that I mean that in general is broken, but doing that with Teferi, who has the best ability for a super friendly yeah, deck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds like an expensive deck. Yeah, uh, I do have like a, a a good number of planeswalkers. How many planeswalkers totals do you think you would need for that deck? Like twenty? I don't. Even, I mean, there are definitely there are twenty that exist. I would. Oh say, yeah, there are. I don't know. I feel like in a super friends deck, you don't want to just jam every planeswalker in there, right? You but you get need them. twenty or fifteen or so because yeah, you just need having one out sucks. You need at least two or three. Yeah, you need them between fifteen and twenty, and you have to make sure you can get the right ones in your hand and do doubling season. And it's yeah, it's, it's a tall order to get there. But once you do, I think you've got a pretty fun board. Plus, your deck will look sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if I use those San Diego Comic Con planeswalkers uh, I picked up at yeah. the convention. Oh, please use those because I want to know that I stayed up all night waiting in line for so some someone reason. So play it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, my next combo-tastic. This one is pretty simple. It's all based on a card called Wound Reflection. Wound Reflection is five and a black for an enchantment. It says, at the beginning of each end step, each opponent loses life equal to the life he or she lost this turn. Ooh, nice. And you have this card in your uh, mm. your five-color Nekusar, right? Um, I had it for a while. It's just really expensive, yeah. so I took it out. Um, but the combo with this, the big, big combo with this is there's two cards that combo well with it. Um, one is Heartless Hidetsugu. Hidetsugu. Heartless Hidetsugu is a creature. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you tap it, and everybody loses half their life. Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> pretty it's you can build a deck around this can't you yeah he's a he's a um, he's legendary yeah. he's legendary you couldn't put wound reflection in that deck though because right. you'd have no, to be right. mono, red. mono red yeah so it's you you um lose half their life rounded down so there's a slight issue here because if they're at an odd number of life it they'll won't live. quite kill them they'll be at one <laughs> but so let's say everybody's at 40 you yeah. tap heartless hit Sugo. this hits you too by the way but mm-hmm. wound, wound reflection does not so you tap heartless hit Sugo. everybody loses 20 life and then in the next end step, um, everybody loses the amount of life they lost that turn, all your opponents do, so they lose 20 more. Just immediately die. They're dead. Yeah, but but Wound Reflection only reflects your opponents, so you don't die, so you win. Um, there's also, the other card it works well with is Havoc Festival. Havoc Festival is four and Rakdos, so that's four, a black and a red, six total for an enchantment. And it says, players can't gain life, which is actually very important. Yeah. And at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player loses half his or her life rounded up. So the rounded up is actually better. This is actually more fun because it's more like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Stay with me here. Because Wound Reflection happens at end step. Havoc Festival happens at upkeep. (laughs) So they have this little window where they know they're going to die. (laughs) But can they do anything about it? Yeah, can they stop the festival from... Well, the festival's occurred. The festival's occurred, but can they get rid of wound reflection? Because you can't gain life if Havoc Festival's out. Interesting. Also, by the way, this gets rid of the odd number problem. Because if you're at five life, you lose half round up. You lose three, and then you lose three more. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I like this better because it's like, okay, your turn. Lose half your life. What can you do here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you do and anything? And they can't gain life, which is the yes. nice, that's the nice button on Havoc yeah. Festival. Havoc Festival's it's slower, but it's in a lot of ways better. It's just like right. one of those Bond villain like setups. Like, no, I left him in that room with the the sharks were about to eat him. I'm assuming he's dead. What? Yeah, right. Yeah, it so. is like welcome to the Havoc Festival, <laughs> Mister Bond. <laughs> 
That's right. a good one. Yeah. Um, that also just, I could just like, that will have an onset of panic on the board. As soon as people see that, everyone's going to go, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 I'm going to And you're like, the guy sitting next, he's like, no, Josh, no. no. I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, the, I'm the way to play this, by the way, is to play uh, Wound Reflection and then play Havoc Festival. <laughs> right. Because Wound Reflection is actually not that scary. Yeah, because most turns you're not taking a ton of damage, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Yeah, and if people are like at 20 or whatever, and someone's like, I'm going to swing at you for five, they're like, shoot, I go to 10, but I don't die. Ah, all right. Yeah, exactly. Then Heartless Headed Sugo, also like, it, unless you have a haste, you, which that's you a, should in a Which you deck. have to yeah. if you're going to do this, but <laughs> if you don't, then it, there's a lot more ways to kill creatures, yeah, and it's just, yeah. yeah, Havoc Festival is better in a lot of ways. Nice. All right, so my, um, uh, my my next card is one that came out in Fate Reforged. And I like this card. And it's something that, and it's part of the uh, potentially part of your new combo deck in standard. But it's Humble Defector. Uh, it's red card draw at its best. It's one in a red for a two one human rogue, and you can tap him to draw two cards, and then target opponent gains control of Humble Defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. So, on the onset, it's like, oh cool, you get to draw two cards, but then another opponent has to gain control of Humble Defector. This is the card that, this is a type of card we like, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh, it's got a downside. All right. Yeah, we can we can play with that. Yeah, exactly. How so, do I minimize my downside? There's something you can do, uh, which is called holding priority, which means you can uh, activate Humble Defector or anything that has an ability, and then saying, in response to me doing it, you still have priority, you can do something else. So uh, the most common thing that's being talked about in standard with this card is you are able to bounce it. For instance, mm-hmm. you can pop it back up to your hand. Or and, sacrifice it. Yeah, and the ability is still on the stack. So after it gets sacrificed or bounced up, it still says draw two cards, and it still says target opponent gains control of Humble Defector, except that part of the ability fizzles out because there's no longer a legal target for it. Right. Um, and so there are a couple of cards that this works really well with. For one, Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker, I think, is a really nice combo Super good. with this. Um, because it, the creature gets sacrificed at the beginning of the next end step. So because you... This uh, is I was a, wondering about this. So I yeah. think you can. I mean, I think you can do it on your end step. You can copy a humble defector with Kiki Jiki and use the ability, and it doesn't matter. You can give it to someone else, but I believe the creature gets sacrificed before they get to use it because the creature doesn't untap. Well, Kiki Jiki says that the copies die at the end of turn. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is you make a copy of humble defector. You tap the copy. Yeah. And then it they gets, can get it. Get it, yeah, but, but it's, it's just, tapped. And, they, and then and it, it goes dies. away yeah. turn, So you actually so. don't have to do it on end step. But yeah. the nice thing is you can just keep making more humble defectors. You do that every turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another, of course, good card with this is the one and only Dead Eye Navigator. Dead Eye Navigator is pretty much good with every card. It's pretty much good with every card, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, of course, a big fan of Dead Eye, Dead Eye Navigator. He the Boatman. Soulbound, which means you can pair him with another unpaired creature when either enters the battlefield, and they remain paired as long as you control both of them. So if any of them die or disappear... Uh, He's no longer soul-bound, and you can put something else in the play that's right. bound to him. So uh, as long as he's bound to someone else, he just gives them Flicker, and that's why this card is It gives so... him one and a blue. Exile yeah. this creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. Now notice it does not say at end of turn. So yeah, that's why... Th- there's two reasons that I Navigator is totally broken, and one is that it costs only two mana, and two is mm-hmm. that it, it returns immediately, Yeah, which is way more powerful than end of turn. Um yeah, and also Dead Eye Navigator gives himself the ability to flicker, so you can mm-hmm. save it. Yeah, which That's makes really it very hard to remove. Yeah, it, it has the ability to save itself yeah. from targeted removal. So what you do is you tap the humble humble defector to draw two cards, maintain priority, then flicker it out. And so yep. what happens is when it resolves, there's an you draw the two cards, but 
the, that humble defector is gone. Yeah. The one that came back into play is a different permanent. It's technically considered a new copy of yeah. it. And if you have haste and more mana, you can just, just keep, keep doing on it. doing it and drawing more and more cards. Um, of course, blue does have plenty of good card draw anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, any flicker effect is very good with humble defector. Any yeah. bounce effect, Cloudstone Curio, uh, you need flash, but yeah. you, could, you could do something like that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of tricks. There's lots of cool stuff to be yeah. done here. And if As you guys for, know any more, please leave a comment. I think this is going to become a staple red... Uh, not mono red, obviously, because you can't mm-hmm. do all these tricks. But it's going to be pretty well, good. Kiki, but yeah, pretty good in um, in decks with red because red doesn't help you out in the card drawing. Yeah, arena. exactly. I mean, as long as you <clears> have <throat> a sack outlet too, which so many decks do, this card yeah. is great. Yeah. So I like that card. Looking. Forward I'm playing to with it, it in yeah in many formats. Yeah. Uh, okay, <clears throat> my next one is this is a very simple one. And I like it though because this card. I feel like this card should see a lot more play, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's a uh, Leonin Shikari. So from Darksteel. From Darksteel. Leon Shikari is one and a white for a cat soldier, a two-two. It just says you may play equip abilities anytime you could play an instant. Equip at instant speed. Because right now you can only equip at sorcery, sorcery speed. speed. Right. Yeah. Now this seems pretty innocuous, but what you can do, and I'm just gonna use sort of the best equipment as an example, Lightning Greaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lightning Greaves gives haste and hexproof. And equips for zero. And equips for zero. Yeah. So what happens is the zero equipped is what matters a lot here. And and so what happens is if you have Leon and Shikari out and Lightning Greaves out, all your creatures have Hexproof. Right. Because anytime they target one of them, you just bounce the Lightning Greaves over that creature. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very powerful um, protection for all your creatures. Also, all your creatures can have... Oh, it's, it's not Hexproof, so I'm sorry. It's Shroud. Shroud, yeah. Yeah, let me say Shroud, So which is a little different. But also, if you have Leon and Shikari out... The shroud doesn't hurt you at all as mm-hmm. long as you have two creatures because you can just move it off, then move right, it back right. on. I think the only way they could get around it would be target one guy with it, you equip it, and then they target someone else with it, and it's your choice to which one. No, you have to, because like, use a each, new spell. each thing's going to resolve uh, oh, separately, right. and you're going to be able to respond to each resolution. So you just Jeez. hold it onto that guy, and once that spell resolves, then you move it to the next guy. Nice. Yeah, you can you can save and and this also works very well with the swords of fire and light and shadow and everything right, because they right. have protection from certain colors and you know just sometimes just pumping the creature like if they try to lightning bolt mm-hmm. it or whatever um, all the equipment it works very well with this is a card that's pr- it looks like it's not super powerful but it should probably see more play than it does because yeah almost it, every commander deck has a couple of equipment especially lightning graves yeah. Um, and there's so many times, too, where you would love to be like, hey, you want to give someone Shroud yeah. at instant speed yep. repeatedly? <laughs> for Okay, great. Just free up one uh, one slot in your deck for a creature. Yep. That's pretty good. So I that's, like it. yeah. It's not like a wombo win the game combo. It's just when you have it out, you feel really good. Nice. All right. So my next combo uh, revolves around the manifest ability, which is uh, it's been introduced in, in Fate Reforged. And I think... EDH is going to have the most fun with this. Oh, yeah. Um, so manifesting is very similar to morph in a way. Uh, what happens is that at the end, you get a fa- uh, you get a creatureless, uh, not colorless, creatureless, colorless uh, 2-2 creature with no color. And the way it gets onto the battlefield with manifest, it says, to manifest a card, put it onto the battlefield face down as a 2-2 creature. Turn it face up at any time for its mana cost if it's a creature card. And right now, uh, I think almost all the manifest mechanics are from the top of your library. Uh, there's sometimes, a couple. Jeskai yeah. Infiltrator is a little... Yeah, oh. sometimes the, the, there's like a couple that they flip over and you like shuffle the top two cards or whatever just so you can have a little uh, yeah. mystery. But, Most um, are from the top of your library, though. With creatures, that means that 
Uh, to turn them face up, you can do it at any time for its mana cost. Or if it's a morph, it happens to be a morph as well, you can turn it up face for its morph cost. So a lot of people have already found really fun interactions with this. For instance, uh, Master of Pearls, which is a sort of a combat trick. Uh, for, I think, five mana, you turn it up, all your creatures get plus two, plus two. It's a two, two mana. It two, becomes a two mana. Yeah. Everyone gets to do that because you can flip it up for just normal mana cost. And in any of the morphs cases where the casting cost is less than the morph cost, this is actually pretty cool. Um, so, well, if the morph cost is less than the casting cost, it's still cool because you get to yeah, flip exactly. it up for less than you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are a few cards that do manifest really well. I think Cloud Form is one of the best. It's uh, a blue... Uh, enchantment that's one in blue blue and when it enters the battlefield it becomes an enchantment aura with enchant creature uh, manifest the top card of your library and attach cloud form to it um, so you put that card from the top of your library to make it the two two and then cloud form says enchanted creature has flying and hex proof mm-hmm. so uh in standard it's hard to really stack the top of your deck with cards because manifest really becomes powerful when you know what you're manifesting and can cheat some stuff in so with cards like Brainstorm, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Jace the Mind Sculptor is the big one that we can play that most formats can't. Yeah, exactly. That's like just fix the top of your library constantly. Yeah, but or yeah. Um, scroll, scroll Rack. rack. Yeah, uh, Scrylands even to a certain degree do this. And there is a list of really fun cards that you can uh, pop out for, I guess, I guess real cheap and essentially cheat them into play. And uh, the first one that people have talked about that I really like is Frexian Dreadnought which is a one-mana artifact creature that's a 12-12 with Trample. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the text, it says, one Phyrexian Dreadnought uh, enters the battlefield. Sacrifice it unless you sacrifice any number of creatures with total power 12 or greater. So you're, like, trading away creatures to put Phyrexian Dreadnought out. The thing is, with this creature, if it's coming in face down and you're facing it up for its mana cost, the actual card has already entered the battlefield, so that right. when you flip it up, the enter-the-battlefield effect doesn't trigger, so you get to have a one-mana 12-12 off of... I mean, if you're lucky, you get a one mana twelve twelve flying hexproof with cloud form. Uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty pretty. In fact, amazing. the manifest uh, mechanic works really well with any enter the battlefield effects that are downsides. Yeah, exactly. So that's the type of card you would want to look for. It's yeah. stuff that like has like negative enter the battlefield. Yeah, there are a few artifact creatures that are also like five mana and for a ten ten, but they have some sort of downside. So these are all really cool ways to flip creatures up and just get just get people if that if you know what i mean um another really interesting card is skirk alarmist it's one in a red for a one two creature wizard with haste and you can tap him to turn target face down creature you control face up at end of turn sacrifice it Mm -hmm. uh now the sacrifice ability is like oh bummer i lose my creature but when you're flipping up like a oh i don't know a koza like butcher of truth for essentially the casting cost of Skirk Alarmist, right. you don't really care because it's attacking and it's getting Annihilator in there, which means they have to sacrifice a number of permanents equal to the Annihilator number. So, <laughs> Also, there's a lot of ways around the sacrifice it in Yeah, exactly. Thing, so. You can bounce it. Yeah. You can find other ways. Or, I mean, if you're in a deck like my Marchesa deck, would could I could totally reform my Marchesa deck to be a manifest... You have yeah. no idea what's coming at you because Skirk yeah, Alarmist is going to pop them up. Yeah, and just a plus one counter and then yeah, come back. Yeah, just come right back, yeah. It won't work with Kozilek, but... Yeah, exactly, because they'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll kind of find their way back into your deck. Um, but yeah, like cards like the Artisan of Kozilek like you could totally right. use. Um, Another really good effect um, with Manifest stuff is Flicker. Yes. Because Flicker, it comes out and it comes back in, but it doesn't come back in face down anymore. It comes back in face up. Right, right. So, you know, like a Blight... In that case, it is entering the battlefield, so you want to make yes. sure you don't do it for Yeah, it will enter like, the battlefield in yeah. that case. But let's say you could... You could there are ways to get like a turn three bite steel colossus this way yeah you know which is like somehow manifested on two then flicker it on turn you could three. just play soul summons it's a two mana manifest top creature library yeah so there you go flicker it flicker it out and then it's 
just a straight up light steal. Uh, you know, so there, it's it's a way to sort of along the lines of show and tell or sneak attack or uh-huh. one of these cheat the mana costs of a spell thing, which as we've said many times, cheating, cheating the mana costs yeah. of stuff is probably the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, and considering show and tell and uh, sneak attack are both like forty dollar plus cards, this yeah. is a really legacy fun way. playable. Legacy playable. Yeah, this yeah. is a really cool way to get stuff out uh, for a budget and just like there are a lot of fun shenanigans. And I'm sure in the history of Magic, there are many more cards that could do really fun stuff. Cloudform is the really really scary one because yeah. you can have a flying hexproof blightsteel colossus <laughs> you know that's just like an order of magnet like <laughs> yeah right like you're like whoa whole how's that thing what even off just the happened and you can, like the heaviest you can robot literally ever. do that you know yeah so make them into the iron giant <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty cool manifest yeah. is pretty sweet oh and one last note if you manifest your commander card somehow he gets tucked or mm-hmm. somebody put him on the top of your library it still actually counts as commander damage when the manifested creature hits someone because I looked this up. Commanderness is tied to the physical card itself, not whether or not it's face up or down. So you could, it's not you like hit, the name of the card; it's the, yeah, it's actual, the actual card. card. So if you hit someone for two damage on the manifested commander, it's two you're like, hey, that's damage. commander damage, yeah. and then the the mystery surrounding what that manifest is is gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you have to clarify. They know what it is. Yep. Interesting. Um, there's another interesting thing where if somebody somehow steals your manifested card. Mm-hmm you get to know what it is like there's this weird thing where like you always know what cards you own are Mm -hmm. so it only makes sense that you would be able to turn it up you know in in physical life you'd be like okay this is my card yeah there's 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 an interesting interaction with jeskai infiltrator where if they steal the infiltrator from you swing and hit you with it Uh then it it takes the top card of their library flips the infiltrator itself Oh, into a manifest and then you shuffle it and they get both cards are are right. their control now but you get to know which one the Jeskai infiltrator is so, so you can't like unsleeve it if they have different colored sleeves no it's just that's the rules like you get to know what the color oh. cards you own are interesting yeah so interesting um okay my next one yeah all right oh this one happened by the way this one's happened a, <laughs> this one has happened a few times um there's these there's two cards that i just i have an unholy love for uh it's it's a card called Market Festival. It's three and a green for an enchantment or it enchants a land. It says when enchanted land is tapped for mana, its controller adds two mana in any combination of colors to his or her mana pool. There's also another call, card called Dawn's Reflection mm-hmm. that does the exact same thing. And then there are similar cards like Verdant Haven, a few others that th- they basically add mana when you tap a uh, land for mm-hmm. mana. It just makes it a super land. Yeah, it just makes the land, will, like a forest would tap for a green and two mana of any color that you want. It's a very powerful ability, especially because it's sort of taking advantage of the fact that land destruction is sort of frowned upon in EDH. Yeah, you really So you're almost like playing the meta on that. Mm-hmm. You know, you you may randomly get hosed once in a while from strip mines and stuff, but it's, that stuff's not super, super prominent. Like, yeah. it'll happen, but yeah. anyway... Then you combine this with uh, like a bounce land or a temple of the false god or a land that produces more mana than one mana when it's tapped. So what you're trying to do is build a land that taps for like five, six, seven mana. (laughs) You know, you want one land that taps for a bunch of mana. And truly super land. Yeah. And then you're going to combine that with cards like, well, my favorite one is Fate Stitcher. Yep. Fate Stitcher Another is... Another card that you, by the way, were on top of before it just jumped in price. Because it's such an EDH card. Yeah. And, and then yeah. Like, people it was were like, my, yeah, they, were they, like oh, we can play the modern. Oh my god, it's so good now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, because I want Fate Stitcher in all my blue decks. And now it's And now pricey. it's more expensive than it was. Yeah. I mean, it's still not super expensive, but anyway, luckily I had bought like 12 of them. <laughs> um, 
Jason Alt would be proud. Fate st- I only bought them because I wanted to put them in every deck with blue in it. Because <laughs> it's that good. It is that good. Fate Stitcher is three and a blue for a one-two zombie wizard. It's, it says tap it, and you may tap or untap another target permanent. Ooh, notably permanent, not non-land permanent. Yeah, this yeah. is extremely powerful. It does not get the respect it deserves for how powerful that is. Yeah. That's a removal spell. Mm-hmm. You know, you just tap their best creature so it can't attack. Yeah. That's extra mana. Or in this case, seven extra mana. <laughs> That's the whole point with stacking a bunch of effects onto one land. So that now I play a Fate Stitcher or a Cure's Follower or yeah. a Voraging Seder or a Lay Druid. There's a lot of cards in the history of magic that untap lands specifically. Right. Now, I like Fate Stitcher the most because it's the most versatile. And you can, yeah, you can tap and You untap. can tap something else. You can, you can untap other it. stuff. Right. But, but what you're really trying to do here is create a creature that taps for a whole bunch of mana because then you combine that with there's a lot of cards that untap creatures Mm -hmm. so there are creatures that untap creatures there's something like puppeteer puppeteer is two and a blue for a one two human wizard it says pay a blue and tap the puppeteer you may tap or untap another target creature oh nice well you're creating seven mana Mm -hmm. whenever you tap fate stitcher which means the one blue doesn't matter right and you You untap fate stitcher and then untap the land again and now you created 13 mana yeah you know, that's, and plus you tapped that land f- the first time. So now one land, the Fate Stitcher in this card just created 20 mana. Yeah. <laughs> which is insanity. Now, the Puppeteer is great, again, because it can also tap other creatures. Uh-huh. You know, in a, in so a So you can just untap it with that extra mana. Or it can just stand else. in and be another Fate Stitcher because you untap the Fate Stitcher right. and use it again. And so you're going infinite, essentially, if you can untap for uh, less mana than it co- create, you can, you need to tap. If you, can repeated, if you can repeatedly untap your your Fate Stitcher or whatever, Cure's yeah. Follower or whatever, for less than seven mana, then you're always going to be... I mean, even you're if it's... net mana. Even if it's less than two mana and it only costs one mana to untap, then Exactly. You don't need a land that makes seven mana. Yeah. You really need a land that makes two mana if you have certain cards. So, yeah. Right. The, the card you've got up is uh, Pemmin's Aura. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I don't have this in more This decks. is another this extremely is, powerful card. Yeah. Uh, it's one and two blue for an enchant creature. It says, unt, you pay, you, you've got a bunch of modes. One mode is pay a blue and give the creature flying. Another was pay a blue and give the creature shroud. Another is pay a blue and give the creature either plus one, negative one, or negative one, plus one. But the uh, big pay, a white, pay a colorless, actually. Oh, sorry, pay yeah. a colorless, yeah. And the big one is pay a blue, untap enchanted creature. That is pretty broken. If you put that on the Fate Stitcher... You've just created infinite mana as long as you have a land that produces at least two mana. Yeah, yeah. And one of them being blue. Now, if you have a market festival on any one land, that's once Pemmanzor is out, infinite mana. Yeah. So and even if it's not that, you're still generating a lot of mana because of Fate Stitcher. Yeah, exactly. And that's the great thing about Fate Stitcher and this thing is like, mm-hmm. even if you don't go infinite, you just make 20 mana. I mean, how often do you need more than, you know, you don't need infinite mana, really. Right. You need a thousand mana, you know. You know what so, you need? Darksteel Citadel. That's like the ultimate protection because you put oh, yeah, Market Festival yeah. on that, it's indestructible, yep. and now you can really go to town. Yep. It's, yeah, that would be really good. I think it's generally safe to stack like one or two effects on a land, and then it's like, yeah. Yeah, because also people aren't looking at that land unless yeah, they're really they're doing not too worried about it. it. Yeah. And once they become worried about it, you're already creating infinite mana that turn. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you do this, you put Market Festival, and people are just like, that's a crappy card. That, <laughs> I'm not even worried about that guy now yeah. because he's playing that crappy card. Yep. You know? Uh, and oh, the, little do they know. Yeah, exactly. And the other way to go infinite... Well, not the other way. There's a lot of ways. But uh, the big way is Staff of Domination. Mm-hmm. The good thing about Staff of Domination, it has a whole bunch of modes. So 
You can pay one mana and untap the Staff of Domination, which is actually the most important thing because that yeah. means you can use it as many times. The right. rest all require it to tap, but you can t- tap two colorless and it to gain a life, three colorless and it to untap a creature, mm-hmm. four colorless and it to tap a creature, and five colorless and it to draw a card. So once you've created infinite mana... Well, by the way, if you have a land that taps for at least four mana, yeah. it costs you three to untap the Fate Stitcher, then you untap the land... It creates four mana. Now you're net one mana. So you're, you're gaining one mana each time you do yeah. that. So you can create infinite mana. And then once you have infinite mana, you can gain infinite life and draw infinite cards off of Staff of Domination. Tap everything on the board that doesn't have Tap all their stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's... it's Again, that doesn't exactly actually win. You need a fireball or something still to win from mm-hmm. that. But if you gain infinite life and draw infinite cards, you probably you're can probably find, gonna a, find and a And you have condition. infinite yeah. mana, you probably have a way to win. So again... The Staff of Domination is known for going infinite in a lot of ways. So you've actually made the Staff of Domination dominating. <laughs> well, you've seen it. Case. Yeah, I've done yeah, it a few yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds crazy because it's like a five or six card combo, but it's actually uh-huh. not that hard to put together because the individual pieces are not so threatening. Yeah, I really like combos that do that because when you put Kiki Jiki out, everyone's like, oh, great, one card here and we all lose the game. Right, he's just well known for it. Yeah. Fate Stitcher is not a card that you put down and everybody goes, oh, crap, Fate Stitcher, everybody. Yeah, exactly. And it also the fact that you can unearth it, which means you can play it from your graveyard yes. for one blue and then you have one turn before it's gone forever and it has haste means that you only need that turn yeah exactly if you have stuff of domination and you unearth your your uh fate stitcher done you don't need this fate stitcher for another turn you're yeah, gonna create exactly. infinite mana and win that turn and hopefully yeah hopefully Grave infinite, infinite mana draw infinite cards gain infinite life yeah if you can't win under that circumstance well you probably weren't gonna win anyway <laughs> you should probably look at your deck and see <laughs> hey if this is what i'm trying to do i should probably have some outs <laughs> uh that's i really like that and i have seen it a few times unfortunately <laughs> Um, so my next, uh, I guess my next three uh, combos, just so that we have the same number in the end, uh, they're all based around a card in M15 called Waste Not. Oh yeah, this card and, is pretty cool. Uh, I'll just read it. It's one in a black for an enchantment. It's got three lines of text on it, and it was designed, by the way, by the Magic Community. So, so it was designed by all of you. All of you guys, and, yeah. And us, I guess. During, during M15, uh, they had a few cards designed by sort of guest designers. They had a guy that, did, that made Plants vs. Zombies. They had Penny Arcade design the a card. Minecraft guy. Yeah, uh, Notch made one. Um, and Waste Not is a really fun enchantment, but it's very specific. So it says, whenever an opponent discards a creature card, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token on the battlefield. It also says, whenever, a, whenever an opponent discards a land card, add black black to your mana pool. And it also says, whenever an opponent discards a non-creature, non-land card, draw a card. So basically, no matter what they discard, you're going to have something uh, that happens with Waste None. Now, usually this card is just kind of dumb by itself because people will, I mean, you'll get like, it's someone else's turn, they have eight cards, they discard a land card, and you add black black to your mana pool and you frown because you're not doing anything. So the best way to use this card, I figured, was to make everyone discard as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Um, and another card that uh, is sort of... I had the plus sign next to all these because all of these cards are just cards on top of fa- uh, Waste Not that are really good. So Liliana's Caress is one in a black enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. Uh, mind Crank, whenever an opponent... Yeah, everyone's, everyone's like, wait, Mind Crank? Whenever an opponent no, loses... No, Mind Crank is part of some big infinite combos too. Yeah, but it's that's with Liliana's yeah. Caress. Uh, whenever an opponent loses life, that player puts that many cards from the top from his or her library into his or her graveyard... And the third card uh, is Exsanguinate, which is X black black, and each opponent loses X life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So these are all three cards that kind of work with each other, but essentially I'm trying to find combos with Waste Not that will win the game or do so much damage that puts you in a place that everyone just can't really deal with. So 
the first of my three combos that we'll talk about is Jace's Archivist. And this guy is pretty simple. Uh, there's a few effects that do this. He's one blue loofer of a Dalkin Wizard, a 2-2. Blue, and tap him. Each player discards his or her hand and draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way. Uh, now, if you guys remember, we were talking about holding priority on the stack when you did an ability. So you can do this ability, trigger it, and then my big thing was overload Cyclonic Rift in response. So what you do is you put everyone's cards back into their hand from the non-land permanents on the battlefield, and then everyone has to discard their entire hand. So if you have Waste Not Out, you're going to A, create a ton of mana, but also hopefully create just a ton of black 2-2 zombies. And um, if you have Lilian's Caress Out, everyone's probably just going to die and deck themselves too. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. So that is my the first waste not ability, um, and I'll talk about the other two in in due time. But I, I like that one a lot because I like the idea of overloading Cyclonic Rift in response to something you're doing, and making everyone discard everything that was on the battlefield. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then if everyone has to draw that many cards too, like you're going to be sitting pretty because you're going to have all these zombies. They're going to have to discard those cards again when it gets to their turn. Because That's true, because there's no seven. way they can play them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, so fun times all around with That's pretty Jesus good. Archivist. Okay, my next one is really simple. Uh, I actually got this out the other night, and uh, it's... Ugh, I wish you didn't. It's pretty... Yeah. Uh, by the way... It's, it's pretty unique because... It's 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, of course, you guys were like... One more game, one more game, one more game. Because yeah, we never play EDH as much as we want yeah, to. Yeah, and, and Jimmy, I think you were like, just play your Chaos deck. It'll be fast. And I was like, okay. So I grabbed the Chaos I've, deck. I was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've only played a few times. I didn't realize it could play like this. But anyway, so we get into this huge, long game because the Chaos deck is basically causing it so that it's hard for anybody to... To get a win condition out and keep it out. Yeah, it's just hard for them to know the outcome of anything they're going to do. The Chaos deck <laughs> the chaos deck does things like, I try and destroy that enchantment, but instead it rebounds and destroys my own enchantment. Or <laughs> I try and attack this guy, but instead I attack this other guy. Yeah. Like, it, it Basically, it does drag the game out in mm-hmm. a weird way. I mean, it's fun. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. But I've never played a game like that yeah, ever, so where it was like, a lot of fun. It, there's tons of dice rolling. Mm-hmm. Like Everybody's like, okay, I'm going to play this thing. I don't know what it's going to do because that thing over there like changes yeah. the target randomly. So And Craig also tossed out a couple of Chaos cards oh, on yeah. his own end, too. Was like, so, well, if we're doing chaos, I got this card. Yeah, ugh. everyone's like, the turn order got all screwed up. It was pretty <laughs> insane. Anyway, so I I didn't even like I hadn't planned this um, interaction, but it's based around uh, two cards. So one is humility. We talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, uh, it's a white card. It's an enchantment. It's two and a white. It says all creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness of one. <laughs> one ones. So it it makes all creatures into one ones. They keep their creature type. Yeah, that's it. They don't even get to come into the battlefield and do what they were supposed to do if they yeah. entered the battlefield effects. Yeah, because it kept happening. Like, I'm going to play... Oh, crap. It won't actually do yep. the thing. It's just a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> People kept playing creatures and going, I play this, and, and we'd go, it's just a 1-1. One, one. Just a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah. And then I got out a card called Aether Flash. <laughs> Aether Flash is 2 and a red. It's an enchantment. It says, whenever a creature comes into play, Aether Flash deals 2 damage to it. So that means... <laughs> it, that Those two cards say nobody can play creatures because yeah. it will immediately die. Yep. And there's, it's really hard to get out of it. Yeah, because we realized, you also had something else that later on changed. If you tried to target something with an ability, you, it randomly changed it to any other illegal permanent on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I had like a couple of enchantment removal spells, and I played one and be like, well, I'm just going to roll the dice, and it didn't hit the right one. Yeah, it just hits like a random artifact over yeah. on the other side of the table. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah. it, this is pretty nasty. It's a pretty good creature lock, I realize. Yeah. There's probably decks that don't have creatures that would want to play these two cards. Not to mention, I mean, everyone's deck, for the most part, is pretty based around creatures because yeah. your commander Humility is, is just very yeah. powerful in general. But combined with Aether, Aether Flash, it's, like, oppressive. It was literally, yeah. like... Drago. Everyone's like, Drago, Drago, How Drago, did we end that game? Drago. Oh, yeah. You eventually got eventually, rid of, with the dice roll, yeah. you eventually got rid of the um, humility. Yeah. Or no, the, no, no I got the rid of Aether Flash, Flash yeah. which is the most important so one. So all your dudes were 1-1s, one, one, but you, then you start making tokens in it. Edmarari's they're 1-1s one, anyway. Wake and they became 2-2s, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. But, I mean, we were through, like, 70 cards in the deck. <laughs> My exile pile was bigger than everything <laughs> yeah. combined. That was pretty crazy. But anyway, Aether Flash, Humility, pretty cool combo. Again, it's not infinite. It doesn't just win you the game, but as far as locking out creatures, it's, yeah. it doesn't really get any better than those two. And the funny thing is that it, it stops everyone from doing everything, so you're just sitting there either doing draw-go or whatever, and hopefully if you're playing a deck with this kind of lockdown in it, your draw-goes are going to be more effective than everyone else's because you your know... Your deck will be built that way. Yeah, you're not going to have a bunch of like Enter the Battlefield creatures because you know that you have Humility in there or whatever. Right. Or you could be a token deck and Humility is totally fine. For yeah, you. it doesn't. Although Aether Flash screws you, then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, back to uh, I call this four B, the the second mode of Waste Not slash Lilian's Caress. Um, you're going to start with Incendiary Command this time. So uh, it, all the commands have are modal spells, which mean they have options. And uh, this one costs three red red, and it says sorcery, and it says choose two. Incendiary Command deals four damage to target player. Or incendiary command deals two damage to target to each creature. Now oh, that'd be nice with humility. <laughs> or destroy target non basic land. Or each player discards all the cards in his or her hand, then draws that many cards. So very similar to what Jace's archivist does. Um, and actually, these are just cards that do this ability, which is discard all the cards and then draw that many cards. Um, another really cool card that actually came out recently is Dark Deal. And a lot of people are trying to make this into a deck, by the way, Dark yeah, Deal yeah. in this standard. A, it's a cool card. It's two in the black. It does the same thing, except you draw those cards minus one when you draw the cards in your hand back. Uh, Memory Jar is also really great for this because if you combo these with Memory Jar, then um, you can have it so that uh, Memory Jar makes everyone put their hands to the side, and then you can... <laughs> make them draw up that many cards and then dark deal them then so they really don't have access to those cards because they're discarding those cards at the end of the turn anyway so as long as you you can just add all these effects when memory jar is active and then by the end they're discarding like 21 cards or whatever and, and you're getting all these crazy effects yeah they all lose two not. life because of liliana's caress and you have a bunch of tokens it's just it feels very much like hey i'm going to win the game now uh, because you don't Plus, have your board wipe making you other it. players discard cards is card advantage yeah so i mean if you're not also discarding cards. Uh, so, it, you know, there's a lot of ways like like Dark Deal um, does your own, but you can also play effects like him to Torak or something mm-hmm. that they just discard cards and you don't. So yeah. Waste Not's super powerful in that Yeah, way. Waste Not's really powerful, I just think, when everyone is discarding you can't play cards. it as your commander. Yeah, I know. Well, I wish. You've got to play it in a deck with white so you can use Enlightened Tutor, Idealic Tutor, and Academy mm-hmm. Rector. Replenish and all those stuff. Yeah. I mean, originally the Anafenta deck was kind of trying to be this deck, uh-huh. and then I was like, everyone's going to murder me. In real life, because I made them discard all their nah. expensive cards. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. It's, <laughs> it's like, I feel like if you make this deck, it's the deck you can play one out of every 10 games. Maybe. <laughs> well, you've got about 10 decks, so. I wish I only. Actually, how many do I. I have you've got quite six a few. decks. Six decks oh. now. And, you catch and up, man. deck tech got... daydreams for like five more. But oh. uh, I can't yeah. always make my wishes my shopping card. I, I did that over winter break for a Christmas present, and I, and I, I have Anna You Fanta broke the now. brink? I broke the bank with cards like Nazumi Bone Reader, which I think is a whopping 20 cents. I think that one doesn't <laughs> exactly break the bank. 
Yeah, it does break a hand though. Boom! Bing! Man, that bing noise. Or I guess sorry if I guess I guess bling would be better, so we don't advertise Microsoft inadvertently every time. That's not the same Bing sound. Oh yeah, Bing. I got you. Yeah, Bing. There you go. Okay, my next one. It all revolves around a card called Enchanted Evening. Oh. I've been wanting to build a deck around this, and I probably will now that we're talking about it. I think um, it's pretty. I really like this card. Yeah. Enchanted Evening is uh, an enchantment, obviously, for three, and then it's hybrid Azorius, hybrid Azorius. So three and uh, two white, three and two blue, or three, a white and a blue, five mm-hmm. total. It says all permanents are enchantments in addition to their other types. I think this is my favorite of all either. <laughs> <laughs> so it just changes everything into an enchantment in addition to whatever else it is. Now, yeah. there are some cool cards you can combo with this. Um, yep. The coolest one is Aura Thief. Aura Thief is three and a blue. It's a creature illusion, a 2-2 flyer. That doesn't matter. It says when Aura Thief dies, you gain control of all enchantments. <laughs> that means everything. Ladies and gentlemen, because if Enchanted Evening is out, that means lands. It means all permanents. I forgot lands. I'm so used to just when I see permanent, I'm just like, oh, non-land permanent. Yeah. But no, it's all (laughs) permanents. It means every land, every artifact, every enchantment. Basically, you just win. You like, I guarantee everyone's like, okay, you win. Yeah. Um. Isn't there also what's the one one in the one in the green destroy all enchantments too? There's that card too. Tranquility, Tranquility stuff yeah. type stuff. Um, well, the better one is actually calming verse. Calming verse is three and a green for a sorcery. It says destroy all enchantments you don't control. It also Ooh. has a second line that doesn't really matter anymore. It says then if you control all, if you control an untapped land, it destroy all, all enchantments oh. you control. So you're just gonna tap out. That used to be in it. days of mana burn. Yeah. Now you just tap all your lands and then you won't have one. So you basically destroy that's everything that's lands that's everything yeah. of everybody else but not you yeah and with this color combination you're essentially playing bands right green white blue yeah all right there's Definitely. also cards like sphere of safety mm-hmm. sphere of safety is an enchantment it's four and a white it says creatures can't attack you or planeswalker you control unless their controller plays x for each of those creatures where x is the number of enchantments you control this is the best version of a, of a prison for this deck right here. yeah if you've got enchanted uh, evening out uh-huh. then it counts all your lands and stuff so if you've got seven permits they have to pay seven mana per thing that's going to attack you and Jeez. you're going to have probably more than seven. you need to play sterling grove in this deck if you're going to go uh, yeah band yeah so that you can protect all your stuff it gives yeah. all your and stuff you can back. also fetch it if you just don't have enchanted evening right uh there's an expensive card that I will mention because it goes very well with this deck, but it's pretty spendy, is Sarah's Sanctum. Is it because it's Sarah's and Sarah's like totally cool? And Sarah is very cool. Super OG. Um, yeah. Oh, and of course, this is expensive. It's a land. From- yeah, it's a land, a legendary land. It says tap Sarah's Sanctum, add white to your mana pool for each enchantment you control. So, Which would also include itself. Yes, because have- it's an enchantment <laughs> when you have uh, Enchanted Evening out. There's also... The constellation mechanic, uh-huh. which the constellation mechanic just triggers whenever you play an enchantment, whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield right. under your control, like the Eidolon of Blossoms, let's say. The Eidolon of Blossoms is a two and a green for a 2-2 two, two enchantment creature spirit. So it's an enchantment itself. It mm-hmm. has constellation. Whenever Eidolon of Blossoms or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So if enchantment and evening's out, anything you play, any permanent, land, anything... <laughs> Draws you Everything heart. has the additional yeah. text. Draw there's a, a lot of things, crazy things you can do. You can go infinite with the. There's a, a constellation guy that mills. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, mills a, a player, and you, and there's ways to go infinite and just mill everybody out. 
Um, yeah, Enchanted Evening, super cool card that has a lot of awesome combo interactions. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think a general would be for that deck? Um, Rune? Yeah, I could see Rune. just Because, because you can flicker to, your stuff, yeah. right? So I'm pretty sure it's Rune, yeah. He, you know, there's going to be like an Eidolon of Blossoms. You're going to want to like bounce it out. Right, and being able know? to save your own stuff too. Yes, exactly. Like Enchanted Evening. Yeah. No, it's creature card. Sorry, it's creature only. Oh, okay. um, hmm. he's still good. He's still good. Yeah, and he gives you access to the colors you want. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. We're googling ban- uh, generals, but a lot of them are fake. Yeah, all these fake, fake commanders. The fakey McFakersons. <laughs> all right. I still think Rune's the best in in general. Is there a way to make enchantments into creatures? Is there? An well, there are enchantment evening? creatures, and That's then true. if you have enchanted evening out, all your creatures are enchantments. Yeah. So. And then the Island of the Blossoms can just come in and out and draw you a ton of cards. Yeah. 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 Or you can flicker something else and it'll mm-hmm. still be an enchantment. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I guess now that I look at my three different versions of Waste Not, they're actually all kind of the same. I have I have something for you here. Oh yeah. Because Minecrank was on your um Ooh, yes. So Minecrank is a two-drop artifact. Whenever an opponent loses life, that player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So anybody who takes damage mills cards from their graveyard. Mm-hmm. So then there's two infinite combos with Minecrank. One is Dustmantle Guildmage. Um, Dustmantle Guildmage, I'm not going to read the whole card, but it says it has ability. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, this turn, that player loses one life. Oh. So you just, if you can get them to take damage, the Minecrank will put the two cards into the graveyard, which will make right. them take damage, which will make we'll them put more. cards in their graveyard, which will make right. them take damage. And that's the infinite combo will mill so them out. So Liliana's Caress plus this and Minecrank is just... Everybody's dead, yeah. except for you. Um, and then there's also Blood Chief Ascension. Now, this takes a little more work, but at the beginning of each end step, and if, if an opponent lost two or more life this turn, put a quest counter on Blood Chief Ascension. It's a one black for an enchantment. Then... Uh, this only happens if you have three or more quest counters on Blood Chief Ascension, but whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you have that player lose two life and you gain two life. So it's the exact same thing as the Dustmantle oh, okay. Mage, yeah. whereas the they every time they mill, it makes them take damage, mm-hmm. and because they take damage, it makes them mill because of Minecrank, and then you, that's an infinite loop and everybody dies. So, again... It's pretty mean. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not condoning infinite combos, especially two-card infinite combos I'm not in love with. Yeah, right. Um, again, I don't... Personally, it doesn't bother me when people play their Niv-Mizzet, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ophidian Eye combos. That's fine. Like, you know, whatever whatever the floats their boat, that's totally fine. Like, I'm happy to just shuffle up and play again. Like, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. And I think, in general, people should not be so scared to shuffle up and play again. Like, big deal. Like, sh- honestly, how many games of Magic are you going to play yeah. in your life? Like, what's the big deal? But I'd also rather have a game that... Would in, instead of going three hours, go like forty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's got to win at some point, and yeah. I don't. I've never understood why people get so mad. But anyway, but I also don't usually put two card infinite combos in my deck. Now mm-hmm. three, I think, is okay because there's a lot of chances to stop a three card infinite combo. Yeah, but one card in, or two card infinite combo is a lot harder. Yep. To stop. Um, the one thing I'll say is this: they have to get two of three cards in a hundred card deck. But you know. Black is there in the color, ways, yeah, and so there's a lot of tutors. But anyway, just wanted to throw that out there since we're talking about combos. Okay, so my last one is all focused around a card called Alluren. Uh, Alluren is two and two green for an enchantment. Notice the theme? They're almost all around enchantments. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the most Enchantments do the most ADH. crazy, weird yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, and they're the hardest to get rid of in general. It's the hardest mm-hmm. to permanent type to Especially remove. Especially if you're red. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, red and black just straight up can't remove um, yeah. uh, enchantments at all, except for like, Crazy Chaos cards Warp. like Chaos Warp, yeah. Um, 
So Aluren is two and two green for an enchantment. It says any player may play creature cards with converted mana cost three or less without paying their mana cost and as though they had flash. Oof. So Aluren is incredibly powerful because, again, cheating mana costs. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to create infinite loops with Aluren. You can use cards like Mana War. Mana War is Shout a, out to Marshall. Shout out to Marshall, your favorite card. Mana War is a two and a blue for a 2-2, two, two, and it says when Mana War comes into play, return target creature to its owner's hand. Hold on, hold on. You forgot the best part. It's a jellyfish. The, <laughs> and it's a jellyfish. There we go. All right, cool. I'm like, I didn't forget. I read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can combine this. There's a lot of cards like Mana War in the history of Magic, although you need them to be converted mana cost three or less to work with Lurin. Mm -hmm. But again, you can play it for free at flash speed and then bounce something. And let's say you bounce, it, bounce like a new card, like Jeskai Barricade. Oh, Jeskai right. Barricade is one in a white for a, a wall, a 0-4 with flash and defender. It says when Jeskai Barricade enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature oh. you control to its owner's hand. Infinite so, loop. Yeah, now you've got an infinite loop with Lurin. So... You you play the Bant mana war again, by the way. Yeah, you play the mana war for free. Bounce the barricade, then play the barricade. Bounce the mana war, then play the mana war. Bounce the barricade. Now, yeah, it's a it's the similar infinite loop to the very first combo I had, which is like this isn't doing anything. It's yeah. just playing creatures over and over and over and over. Wait, you're trying to make the other opponents time out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all you need now is a card that says, "Oh, when a creature enters the battlefield under your control, do this." Yeah, like Perforos. When a creature enters the battlefield under your control. Deal damage to all your opponents. Mm -hmm. Or Warstorm Surge, which is a five and a red for an enchantment, basically says when a creature enters the battlefield under your control, deal damage equal to its power to target creature or player. Again, you're infinite, so you don't matter. It doesn't matter if it deals two damage at a time to one player or yeah. two damage at a time to all players, because you're just going to do it infinite times and hit everybody. Like a machine gun, going to mow them yeah. all down. There's another one like uh, Mana Echoes. Mana Echoes is now this this won't kill them. This is just going to create a bunch of mana. Right. Um, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may add X to your mana pool, where X is the number of creatures you control that share a creature type with it. So you're going you're gonna to have to work to make mana echoes work. Yeah, but even if you just have one extra creature out that's a human... And then you're creating or, one every time. Well, I guess in this case, a jellyfish. Uh, a wall would be <laughs> yeah, a barricade. Or a wall, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something. You, you'd have to work a little bit more for this. Mm -hmm. um, another card that works really well with this and, and is very powerful in general is Cloudstone Curio. Yeah, uh, when this it, card is busted. Yeah, that's just three mana for an artifact. It says, whenever a non-artifact permanent enters the battlefield under your control... You may return another permanent you control that shares a permanent type with it to your owner's hand. So yeah. you play a creature, you get to return a creature to your hand. Play an artifact, bounce an artifact. So now you don't even need the Mana War's ability or the Jeskai Barricade's ability. Yeah. Any creature will bounce any other creature when it comes into play. Would this uh, create infinite mana with like an Ornithopter in the Soul Ring? Uh, no, because it shares a creature type with it. So. Oh, no, I thought it was a permanent. It shares a permanent type. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, you would play the yes. Orthopter for free yes, and then bounce the Soul Ring, but tapping but tap it for it two, first, so you get one it. extra mana and they make uh, you two, another two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That would totally work because uh, they're artifacts. I did it. Yeah. That's my that's my last combo, Boom. guys. pow. Bing. <laughs> rock. Dang it. I, I keep saying I bing. It should be bling, but whatever. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Too late. We already Our soundboard's already programmed. So we've essentially discovered that uh, Bant is the best combo colors. <laughs> wow. Green, well, white, and blue. Pretty powerful. Blue has the biggest toolbox of stuff it yeah. can do, and white's probably second. Um, mm -hmm. You know, red is pretty narrow in what it generally does, so yeah. red's a hard color. I mean, besides Kiki and Splinter Twin, it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't do that much. It just does damage. It's aggro. It's very focused yeah. on what it does. Black's in some of them, but again... Yeah, uh, it took me a long time to find a 
kill spell that would work really well uh, with um, Waste Not and giving you black black for mana. Right. And Exsanguinate's perfect. So that was nice. Pow! Kapow. Up next, we have a really fun deck tech for you all. But before we begin, we're going to take a few seconds to let you know that today's show is brought to you by a new game called Blood Brothers 2. As a longtime fan of RPGs, I love playing games like Final Fantasy Tactics and the Fire Emblem series, but they always lacked multiplayer and any player versus player interaction. So Blood Brothers 2 has a full-on multiplayer mode where you can join a guild with friends that's pretty awesome in itself, and you get to battle against enemies in real time. If you want to find out more, check out bloodbrothers2.com. That's the number two for more information. Or download the game for free right now on the App Store or Google Play. And one final note from Josh and myself before we begin. It's the first time we've gone to ever do a pre- and mid-roll for our podcast. So we're pretty excited that you've all given us an awesome user base of listeners and fans to get us to where we are at today. The Command Zone is nothing without all of you guys tuning in, so we'd like to extend a quick thank you for all the support you've shown so far. You guys rock. We love getting your emails and getting prizes in your hands. All right, let's get this deck tech started. Okay, so time for a little deck tech daydreams. Now, this actually came about because um, uh, we were making our favorite sort of synergy stuff, mm-hmm. and we are talking about those, and we were listing them out. And there was, there was a couple of cards that were on my list of cards that I wanted to you know talk about as far as combos, but the more I... I thought about it the more I was like, well, and then I would have did this, and then I would do this, and then I would do this, and it just went a lot deeper than the than what we've been doing. And I was like, this is a deck. I call this deck the stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself deck? The older brother deck? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody out there with an older brother knows exactly what I'm talking about because you have an older brother. Oh, I yeah. have an older brother. They, they always do this thing when you're a kid where they hold you down and smack you in the face with your own hand <laughs> and then say, why are you hitting yourself, man? Stop hitting yourself. And uh, you're like, I'm not. You're hitting. And then just... I like that as kids, we also feel like we have to be like, but I'm not hitting myself, yeah, but I'm not. Like, like, like no, you hit yourself, I'll kid. reason with this guy, <laughs> yeah. who's obviously like... <laughs> Pin me down, yeah. got and his smacking. knees on my elbows, and smacking me with my own torso. <laughs> uh, well, fortunately, there's a card that is exactly that. Yeah, you want to read it? Yeah, Stuffy Doll. It's a five drop for a zero one. Get out of here, vanilla test. <laughs> it's an artifact creature construct. As Stuffy Doll enters the battlefield, choose a player. Stuffy Doll is indestructible. Uh, and... Whenever Stuffy Doll is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to the chosen player, and you can tap him to deal one damage to itself. <laughs> so it great. just smacks it, and then that person gets smacked by this thing, and it's like, Ow, it's a voodoo you, doll. Why are you doing this? Ow! You just get poked with these little things each time. Exactly, it's a voodoo doll. So the fact that it's indestructible is great. Is great, <laughs> and then so flavorful. This is a card that wants to take damage, so that it can then reverberate that damage onto something else. Right. So it's also like hard to attack into if you're the player that's been chosen. Oh, right, because it can just block. You just block, and then all that damage goes to the person. Yeah. So, and Although it, I will say this, if you gave this doll to my dog or your dog, it would not be indestructible. <laughs> There's no such thing. They would tear it apart. Yeah, every dog toy that says indestructible lies. lies all lies. lies. My, do- you- my dog will get through that in less than three minutes. Yeah, why would you ever put that on anything unless it literally is indestructible? I wonder if I can sue those companies or something because it's false advertising. Send them a stuffy doll in the mail, too. That's like, okay. This is indestructible. I don't like frivolous lawsuits, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so... So there's this is the section I call dudes that want to get hit, you know. <laughs> so football like, players, yeah. No, well, football players also want to hit things, but these right. guys only want to get hit. The next one is High Priest of Penance. It's Orzov, so one white and one black, two total for a one-one human cleric. Whenever High Priest of Penance is dealt damage, you may destroy target non-land permanent. Hey, that's pretty cool. It's pretty good. He's a one-one, so he's gonna die anytime he takes damage. But we've got ways around that. We'll get to that. In yeah. A minute. 
Also, these creatures are great for just sitting on your board, and unless your opponent has like horsemanship or flying or something, they'll be like, ah, I'm just not going to swing at you. Yeah, exactly. You can just wreck my best thing. You can thing. kill my best thing, yeah. and all I'm going to do is kill your 1-1. One, one. Uh, and, and again, that's what you want in a deck that has like, you know, sort of late game value synergy stuff going on. You just want to thwart early aggression so yeah. that your engine can get rolling. Um, Ugh, I hate the way you build. It's scary. <laughs> the next card on the list of uh, why are you hitting yourself is the Boros Reckoner. Aha! So Boros Reckoner is, Boros. Boros, is three Boros. hybrid Boros. Yep, three mana total. So you can pay three white, three red, two white and a red, or two red and a white. And it's a 3-3 three, three Minotaur Wizard. It says, whenever Boros Reckoner is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target creature or player. Hey, I'm starting to sense a little... Uh, a little theme. A little theme here. You can also pay Boros and uh, give the Boros Reckoner first strike until I'm turned. You'll never do... Well, you might, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rare. So here's, another, rare, yeah. here's another guy. What he does is reverberate damage the same way that the Stuffy Doll does, except for you can change the target each time he takes damage. And... Mm-hmm. He's a 3-3 three, three and not a 1-1, uh, so he's right. not going to die. But he's not indestructible. Right. And the last one I'm going to talk about, there's a bunch in this category, yeah. There's, but, but the last one we're going to talk about. Boros seems to really like this, by yeah, the way. Yeah, is a Spite Mare. Spite, well, because red is the d- deal damage color and right. white is the redirect damage color. So together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So You've sp- got Boros. Bing. <laughs> that was a crappy joke. It was The even, Bing was, was great. A, was a non, yeah. yeah, there you go. Thanks. Um, it's two and two Boros, so four total. Um for an elemental, a 3-3, three, three, it just says whenever Spite Mare is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target creature or player. So it's the exact same as the Boros Reckoner. costs one more mana yeah. and doesn't have the first strike thing, but has the important part. So here we've got creatures. They want to take damage. You and guys when, can probably guess where we're going with this yeah. one. So the next category is just give stuff indestructible. There's, well, there's three cards that really do it easily. There's more cards that do it, but yeah. uh, Shield of Cauldra is an equipment. Dark Steel Plate, also an equipment. Indestructibility is an aura. Yeah. You could get... Uh, Avacyn, yeah. Um, but you want ways that your creatures are indestructible, and you want them to be indestructible for more than just one turn. You want, you know, so... Yeah, you want a lingering indestructibility. Yeah. So you're going to put the indestructibility onto something like the Boros Reckoner, or the High Priest of Penance is really the best. Yeah. And then the next is, now you've got dudes that want to take damage. You just made it so they can take as much damage as anybody can deal out. And they're all going to redirect it. Now you want to damage those dudes. So this is the hitting yourself part. Yeah. So so really, you're st- people are saying, Josh, Josh, stop hitting yourself. Yeah, as they watch their board get slowly wiped away. And you're exactly. like, no, I'm going, guys. I'm going, man. You can't <laughs> stop me. I'm going to punch myself. It's like that scene in Fight Club. Yeah. Where Edward yeah. Orange just beats the crap out of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That's, by the way, if you're a younger sibling and, you're, and your older sibling is making you hit yourself, that's how you get away from it, is you just literally start hitting yourself. And then they'll, they'll back off and be like, oh, my God, what are you, what are you doing? Stop. You're crazy. And you're like, Did no. you actually try this strategy? Because it looks painful. Uh, it is painful. I've never tried it. I just thought of it and <laughs> who knows how effective it is please do not actually do this and then sue me because kids don't try this at home back. yeah exactly um unless okay. it's in magic the gathering another reason i loved the idea of this deck is because it allows you to use this card which, <laughs> which you by would the way, never use otherwise and i think it was wet one of wedges like least favorite cards i'm just gonna say this community rating on the gatherer 0.906 out of five with 250 votes <laughs> yes a half star oh my god <laughs> five stars do you want to read it oh, yeah it's called sorrow's path it is indeed sorrowful. it's widely considered one of the worst magic cards in history yeah it's from what the dark yep uh it's a uh, a land that's a rare land. Could you imagine cracking this in the pack? I have cracked it. Before. Oh gosh! Uh, tap it. Choose two target blocking creatures and opponent controls. If each of those creatures could block all creatures that the other is blocking, remove both of them from combat. Each one then blocks all creatures the other was blocking. 
Jeez. So you could kind of like force a good block you basically, for your guys, right? You basically switch two blockers. Right, right. But you can't make a flying guy block on, or you can't like a you non-flying can't make an guy. Block, yeah, yeah, you can't make an illegal block. So, yeah. uh, And then whenever Sorrow's Path becomes tapped, this is the last one, it deals two damage to you and each creature you control. So do you? can you just tap this? Do you have to ch- I do think you have, you to, have to have targets. Okay. Yeah, you have to have targets. So you have to have two blocking creatures that you want to switch. Right. So, listen, it's not the best one, but Here's this... A, oh, my gosh. Uh, combo, Urborg. Boom. Tap for mana. Yeah, see? Exactly. <laughs> um, and you are going to have black in this deck, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is your one chance in the history of Magic to play this card. <laughs> so you're going to play it, damn it. You've had other chances, but this is a legit chance that this could make it. This is only chance where you're not just putting it in as yeah. like a troll. This is like <laughs> you, you actually are going to get value out of it. Right. So, you know, if you have a High Priest of Penance out and it's mm-hmm. got indestructibility, then boom, you just destroy target non-land permanent when you tap Sorrow's Path. Wow, that's right. Yeah. And Jeez. if you have a Boros Reckoners out, boom, that just deals two damage to something. That high priest dependence is insane. Yeah, it's because totally being able insane. to ping that thing with anything just means you just you get a machine gun down the whole board. Um, another, the ver- probably the most famous card that sort of deals damage to everything is Pestilence. Uh-huh. It's been around since Alpha. It's a two and two blackest enchantment. It says at the beginning of the end step, if I sacrifice Pestilence, if there are no creatures on the board, and then you can pay one black, and Pestilence deals one damage to <gasps> each creature and each player. Oh my gosh! You can do this as many times as you have black. Uh huh. Now, the High Priest of Penance, as an example, right. it doesn't care how much damage has been built. It, care, it, it cares instance. how many times it got dealt yeah. damage. So you go ping it, ping every creature for one. Uh-huh. Destroy that artifact. Ping every creature for one. Destroy that enchantment. And with Reckoner ev- and Spitemare, every one damage you take from Pestilence means two damage to everyone else. Right. Because it transfers. Well, not everyone. It transfers right, to, to one thing. One target, right. Yeah, exactly. But you're essentially, you can do this and not kill yourself in the process. Right, exactly. And, you know, in this deck, you're not caring as much if you take damage because you're dealing damage to everyone right. at once. So you're just sort of bringing everybody down. Pestilence Demon is Pestilence. Yeah, we got to bring everyone down, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> pestilence Demon is just Pestilence on a stick. On a stick there's yeah. actually uh, there's a bunch of creatures in the history of magic that have Pestilence on a stick. Um, pestilence Demon is just sort of the biggest one, but there are some rats that do it. There are there are other creatures that do it. Um, and then there's Pyrohemia, which is a red Pestilence. This is even a word, Pyrohemia? Yeah, I don't know. No, oh, the art's pretty brutal. It's a bunch of dudes getting burned. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a red Pestilence. It's the exact same, but it costs red mana instead of black. This is the image I see when I play this deck, and you do it to everyone at the table, and I'm going to ah! do this exact pose. Be like, why? <laughs> and then... Uh, Something that's extremely good is Blasphemous Act. Oh, yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, Blasphemous Act is um, it, it's eight and a red for a sorcery, but it costs one less colorless for each creature on the battlefield. And what Blasphemous Act does is 13 damage to each creature. Yeah. So, again, this will destroy every creature. Then it'll ping. You know, Boros Reckoner will hit somebody for 13. Yeah. Uh, or a creature. Stuffy Doll yeah. will hit somebody for 13. Uh, High Priest of Penance will destroy something. Spite Mare will hit somebody for 13. Yeah. Like, it just attacks on a whole bunch of extra damage on top of it. So, that's the do damage to your own dudes section. There's a whole bunch. What mm-hmm. you want is is cards that deal damage to everything indiscriminately. Because if you're going to do it, you might as well kill all their creatures, yeah. too. Also, those cards are not going to be expensive. Because usually stuff that just does yeah. it to everything... Doesn't doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, like Anger of the Gods now is Just a card like anger, that. Yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. Um, and then we've got my favorite section. <laughs> Get cute with it. I Get like, cute with it. I like how cute's the word you came up with. <laughs> this is where you go into sort of, you you start in your journey towards magical Christmas land. 
Oh, yeah, read this one. But this deck is built to get there, which yeah. I really like, because when you put High Priest Dependence out, no one's going to attack you. Right, they can't. They just don't want to. Yeah. I, mean, they're not, I mean, they'll fly over for some damage, maybe. But, you but they don't want to destroy it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're they're afraid, too, that you're going to find some way to just make it get damage, and then they'll, you know, they're, they'll, they want to be the last person that targets. All right, so Shriveling Rot, two and uh, two black for an instant for total. Choose one. Modal uh, first is until end of turn, whenever creatures dealt damage, destroy it. Nice. And also, until end of turn, whenever a creature dies, that creature's controller loses life equal to its toughness, and you can entwine this for two and a black. Which means you get both. For seven mana total, yeah. So now Pestilence, if you have Pestilence out already and you play Shriveling Rot for its entwine cost, you ping it once, all creatures die, and they deal damage equal to their toughness to their controller. Oh, that is such a board wipe. That's such a, a player wipe. It's just game over for the. I mean, like if you have a token deck, that guy, that person is not very happy. They're just dead. Yeah, Anybody just that's dead. got a couple of big creatures is just like they'll just take a ton of damage. Uh, Death Pits of Wrath is basically the second part of that, and just a permanent enchantment. Mm-hmm. So it's three and two black for enchantment. Just says whenever a creature is dealt damage, destroy it. It can't be regenerated. So it just means right. that your pestilence is just now killing all creatures every time you cast it, uh-huh. or every time you activate it. But your guys are indestructible. You know, yeah. your deck is built to make your guys survive stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it doesn't kill your dudes, just keeps all creatures off the board that are your that are your opponents. Yeah. So which means like because your biggest weakness is just going to be getting killed by stuff by like creatures because your your guys are indestructible, but they you know you're not going to have a ton of them. You're going to have like three mm-hmm. indestructible dudes. Yeah. Well, um, you'll probably have um, like what's that the uh, the artifact creature that gives your guys indestructible for five mana. You yeah, soul new yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, stuff like, like that. that. You're gonna have everything you can get that makes your dudes indestructible. Right, because this is built off of essentially three ideas: indestructible, and then pingers or things to deal damage, and then things that take that damage and redirect it. Right. Um, oh, very this, focused. This like one that. is amazing with high priest of penance. It's called Last Laugh. It's two and uh, two black for an enchantment. It says whenever a permanent other than Last Laugh is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, <laughs> Last Laugh deals one damage to each creature and each player. Uh, when no creatures are on the battlefield, sacrifice last laugh. So with High Priest of Penance, you deal one damage. High Priest of Penance activates. Put something in the graveyard. You kill, you destroy a creature. It goes to the graveyard. That deals one damage to everything. This is permanent, hits, by the way. So yeah. it, it really does work well with High Priest. High Priest, because every time he destroys something, he does, then it, deals one, it takes one damage, and then you just destroy something else. And yeah. th- pretty much you just immediately gun down every non-land permanent right. and on the table. Right, and if you have Reckoner out, then you also gun down everyone for all that damage. All that damage, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so those cards Jeez. are... Again, not expensive cards. Those I guess cards. you are going to be having the last laugh yourself. When you play this deck. Gosh. <laughs> Bing! Bing. All right, let's go into the very fun part. Um, yeah, this is... This now is we're getting card. pretty close to Magical Christmas Land. Yeah, I mean, we may have been there already, but with a deck like this, I feel like... You can pull off a lot of this stuff. You can pull it off, yeah. And the it, thing, the way the deck is built is like, you don't need all these pieces. You just need a piece here and a piece there, and yeah. it's still going to do stuff. Yeah, it's not like something that's like, everything has to be indestructible. It's right. like, you can just have two one. things be indestructible, or one even, and yeah. still do tons of craziness. Um, the nice thing is that it's not entirely reliant on one creature to do it. Yeah. Um, and also, the nice thing is that when it is relying on a creature, like the high, high priest dependence, it is indestructible for the most part. So it's also very hard to get rid of. Yeah, that's going to be difficult for them to remove once you start doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Arc Bond. This is a card that looks Very like exciting. Arc Lightning, but instead of Lightning, it's a dragon. <laughs> it costs as much as Arc Lightning. It's two and a red for an instant. Choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. 
So that's just a nice put it on one creature and just go to town. That sort of makes a creature into like a Boros Reckoner, uh-huh. except for it deals it to everything. Yeah. So let's say you play Blasphemous Act. Oh, right. Then it's going to do 13 damage to every creature and every player. Already. Everything takes 26, basically. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. And if you put that on top of like your Boros Reckoner, yeah. then the players all take 26 also. Yeah. So, and that they, is a very fast way to end the game, I think. I mean, just doing 26 damage to everybody is a lot. Right. Even from 40, it puts them below half of what they started with, and then you just need one more effect like and that. And you've been really... pestilencing and stuff, so you've just yeah. been hit, bringing everybody down. So then you combine this. There's a suite of cards um, that you can combine this with. Um, a couple of them are new, like Divine Deflection. Divine mm-hmm. Deflection is um, white and X. It says, prevent the next X damage that would be dealt to you and or permanence you control this turn. If damage is prevented this way, Define Deflection deals that much damage to target creature or player. Huh. Now, the way you use this is you arc bond their creature. Oh, okay. You arc bond their creature when it's about to take damage. You pay you arc bond them and let's say pay one for Blasphemous Axe, so it's about to take 13 damage. Right. And you're about to take 13 damage, and your creatures are about to take 13 damage. Mm-hmm. Now, all that damage gets redirected by Divine Deflection to their creature, which is Arcbound. Right. And Oof. then that damage reflects to you, which if you've got any, depending on what X was, uh-huh. it goes back to the creature again. So you're probably not going to be able to right. uh, redirect all of it, but you don't have to. You can just take that 26 we were talking about mm-hmm. or that 13 and just up it to like 30 or 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's a little bit of a, a, a boomerang effect that's going to occur. I like um, it. You're like putting your shields up and it gets like, the shield gets broken, but it still like reflects just enough back to... Yeah, it's going to kill them and hopefully you'll survive. I mean, you've got to do yeah. some math for this to work, but that's a pretty cool interaction. Another cool interaction um, that's very similar is Channel Harm. Yep. Which is a super new card. We've had some chance to play with it in limited. <laughs> it's a blowout in yeah. limited. I mean, they'll I see th- it coming the next time. But then you, you get just, three for ones like all the time. Yeah. What you do is you just. I mean, it's six mana, so the next time you just board in like kill shots or you know well, you probably want to be playing one. No, but just you still in. play it. Like it's really hard to play around. Yeah, Sometimes they're true. just like, well, he, if he has it, I'm screwed, and if he doesn't, I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So. And just leave that mana up to flip a morph or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Channel harm five and a uh, white for an instant. It says prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and permanence you control. This turn by sources you don't control. If damage is prevented this way, you may have channel harm deal that much damage to target creature. Now, this is an endless reverberation loop, right? Yeah. So you arc bond their creature that's about to take damage, and then you channel harm yourself. And now all the damage the arcbound creature is about to do comes off of you back to the arcbound creature. Right. And then boom, like that's just a really explosive amount of damage that's gonna hit everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, I think Channel Harm, the art, is doing it to the dragon that is on Arc Bond. Is it? Yeah, because it's a lightning dragon, right? It has oh, yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, or, yeah. So the artist knew about this combo. Yeah. Magic was already on it. Yeah. I mean, they this combo like... is impossible to pull off in standard. It costs like 27 <laughs> mana. But, <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, in, in our world, we could definitely pull it off. Yeah. Channel Harm plus Arc Bond is just nine mana, and the, that is not unrealistic, especially because this deck also is very reliant on just ramp 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 so you can also get your shields of cauldrons out and, and equip them and stuff exactly um wow wow yeah so All that's right. another good one uh another card that's printed for commander 
Yeah. Um, comeuppance. Comeuppance. So this is, it's similar. It doesn't interact in the exact same ways, but it, it interacts in a lot of ways that of, mm-hmm. uh, with stuff you're doing. It's three and a white for an instant. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and planeswalkers you control this turn by sources you don't control. And then if damage from a creature source is prevented this way, come up and steals that much damage to that creature. If damage from a non-creature source is prevented this way, come up and steals that much damage to the source's controller. Wow. So this is great in EDH just because someone would be like, all right, I swing with you with my a billion Kiki-Jiki copy zealous conscripts. And you're like, come up and... Yep. And you can arc bond maybe one of their guys and yeah. start the start a loop that's going to happen because it d- prevents all the damage that's coming to you from the creature. Mm-hmm. Well, that arc bond is going to hit you and that's going to prevent that damage and hit, hit that creature. Yeah. Yeah. So something tells me this is the fastest way to break MTGO is by playing a combination oh, yeah. of some of these cards. Right? Yeah. This is going to make MTGO go crazy. So I mean, it's going to, I mean, here's the thing. If you build this deck, you need to sit down and read these cards and know what you're going to do with them as well, because I think it's going to take a little bit of careful piloting to make sure you don't just. Fizzle, yeah. That's actually a know? really good point. Um, yeah, you're, I mean, and I haven't even played it yet, so yeah. I just this is all in somebody's head. I mean, somewhere. we're just spewing this out yeah. on the podcast. I mean, I think I, I'm pretty sure we're right about all of the rulings so far, but there's got to be some. I mean, Arc Bond is just asking pretty, to yeah, have some. It gets wonky, pretty complicated. I'm not, you know, again, like you said, we're just spewing it out like how we think it's going to work, but in some manner, it will work. Like yeah. you're going to have oh, to yeah. like like Channel Harm, Arc Bond. You can get those things to work together. Now, how exactly they they work and how much damage that does like mm-hmm. uh, i'm just not prepared at this moment to to get too specific but i'm i guarantee that the interaction between those two cards can do some explosive stuff yeah definitely um oh yeah this guy pariah two in the white uh, enchantment aura enchant creature and all damage that will be dealt to you is dealt to enchanted creature instead that's great pennant high priest of penance high priest of penance yeah that's indestructible and the person's like tap him down you're like okie dokie yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter any doesn't damage matter, that yeah. comes to me is going to him and then i'm destroying permanence yeah yeah or stuffy doll. Any damage it does to me, it's going to the stuffy doll, and now I'm just, it's just, so anytime anybody right. does damage to me, it actually does damage to this other player. And if you have any of those things like Pestilence where it's doing a damage to you, you can just redirect that again yep. to your yep. stuffy doll and have it do another damage Yeah, now there. Pestilence doesn't do any damage to you, it's just doing two damage to somebody else. Or destroying two permanents. Yeah. Yeesh. Um, Pariah's Shield just makes an, it's just an equipment that does what Pariah does, so right. whatever gets equipped to, that's taking the damage from yeah. you instead. It's of, a five drop, so that's why ramp is very important in this deck. Yeah, just ramp is You're, super you're equipping stuff, you're doing all... You might want to put Leon and Shikari in here. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because you can just move it around to... Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to destroy that permanent, I'll move it over there. And Oh, I want, I'd rather do damage, I'll move it over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. good point. Um, although Leon and Shikari will just be a casualty of the pest, <laughs> of pestilence like really it quickly. Will, yeah. Like you're not going to be able to have a lot of creatures out because you're only going to be able to protect a few. Yeah. You know, um... Another card that helps this whole thing just escalate is Repercussion. It's a one and two red for an enchantment. It says whenever a creature is dealt damage, Repercussion deals that much damage to the creature's controller. Oh, very nice. Okay. So now Pestilence is just doing twice one, as much. Well, it's doing one damage to oh, every creature and every player, and then yeah. another damage to the to the player. And if they've got five creatures, each creature does that one extra damage. So yeah. now, if you have five creatures and I Pestilence... All your creatures take one damage, and you take six. So it's good that you're actually not playing that many creatures. Exactly, because yeah. you won't get hurt as much by recorrection. I also, feel like the game. Also, playing... you've got you've got pariahs, you've got yeah. repercussions, you've got you know things that are going to save you uh-huh. from taking that damage. I feel like these games will go pretty fast. Yeah, because you're just right. doing you know lots of damage to everybody indiscriminately, and this either you're going to die really or they're cool. going to die. I really like this because it's really good multiplayer sort of. Yeah. fast games because one-on-one commander is is all meant to be like ramp out fast win the game fast you know 
like Tiny Leaders and all the new formats that are popping up. Our friends Highlander Roulette. It's all about like Blightsteel Colossus yep. turn three. You got to win fast, you know. Interesting. And oh, for those of you asking, we will talk about Tiny Leaders and the new formats at some point. But we Man, actually, everybody's asking about that. We actually haven't played it yet yeah. uh, at all. Um, so I don't really know much about it. Uh, I've heard. I mean, I know the rules, but we I've haven't a built a deck and played it at all, so it's hard to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, and it's also a one-on-one format, and this is a multiplayer podcast. We really like to focus on that. Um, so. We'll talk about we'll it at some point because a lot of yeah. people are talking about it, but it's probably going to be a little while before we have a chance to uh, yeah, sort exactly. of cut our teeth on it. Um, really quick, uh, two two more cards. Um, right. One is a brand new card called Soulfire Grandmaster. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. The the thing about Soulfire Grandmaster is it just combos really well with Arc Bond and stuff like Blasphemous Act. Yeah. So if you Arc Bond the Soulfire Grandmaster and then Blasphemous Act, what you're doing is you're gaining a gajillion life. You're turning into five color here, by the way. No, it's just white, red, and uh, black. Oh, but doesn't so far have blue in it? Oh, you're right. It's got blue in the thingy. Oh, maybe it's got... It's okay. You're a five color anyway. Oh, man. Well, think about all the new possibilities open up now that you Well, there's no blue. four color commander, so we just went into five color. You're right. <laughs> all right, peeps. Soulfire Grandmaster. See, this is how deck building goes. Like yeah, I'm true. like, oh, yeah, this guy. And then but I, if it is worth it... I totally it. wasn't even thinking about his buyback mechanic. Yeah. I didn't even care about it. If it is like, worth it, though, I mean, honestly, you could maybe. just build a three-color commander deck and then splash for Soulfire Grandmaster. It's true, because you know? the commander itself is not that important. I, yeah. Maybe then you go with the Sliver Queen. Or Sliver Hive Lord, which is indestructible. Oh, right. And then you can as just Because make... um, it's indestructible. Yeah, so... and then you can make other your other Slivers indestructible, too. <laughs> yeah, well, you put Pariah on it. Yeah. Or you put Pariah Shield on it. Or you put... Um, you can Arc Bond it because it won't nice. die. And you can... Like, just having an indestructible creature is yeah. pretty valuable in this deck. Hey, I like how you think, Jimmy. There we go. All there right, we we're go. five color now. Look at that. Look just at like that. that, everybody. We're five color, but we only put in lands to cast three color, sp- color three spells. <laughs> and then, like, some blue lands. Just okay, for this last guy, let's go fully all the way into Magical Christmas Land. Like, we were on the journey there up until now, but now we actually arrived at... First off, it's a morph. First off, it's a morph. So although, you, you don't have three. Yeah. You're probably not going to. Um, it's three and two black. It's named it's Soul Collector. Soul Collector. Man, she's collecting some... She is... Ugly-looking souls over I here. I do not Look want to wander into her is. basement. No. <laughs> I don't. Or I don't want to be, like, wandering down an alley and see her. Yeah, could you imagine this walking towards you and just like, oh, Man, I'm running the other way. No thanks. This actually kind of looks like the um, Ghost Council of Obs. Oh, it does. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's a creature vampire that's a 3-4 with flying. Uh, you can more unmorph it for three black mana or play it for three and two black totals or five total. Um, whenever a creature dealt damage by Soul Collector this turn dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control. Arc Bond. Oh, boy. So you're stealing stuff now. If you Arc Bond the Soul Collector, because Arc Bond reads that that creature does the damage. Mm-hmm. So Arc Bond itself is not doing the damage. It's causing the creature to do to, X yeah, amount yeah, yeah. of damage to all creatures and players. So you can go, boom, Soul Collector, uh, you know, Arc Bond it, when it's about to take damage, and then it kills all the creatures. Yeah, and then you get all those creatures. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. That's. I mean, that's magical Christmas. Yeah, because I mean, this is a one of in the deck, and right? so is Arkbon. So yeah. you just have to get both of those. But even then, like I could totally see. At least you're in black. You can tutor. Yeah, and there's other ways to make a creature. I mean, you you have other ways of giving the ability of having this creature do damage to someone else, right? So. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, if it's like this creature and five other creatures are doing damage to that creature, it's going to die. And so Collector did one ping of damage to it. Well, else. it's another it. card that makes people scared to attack you because now right. you can double block, block steal their stuff, you know? So, yeah. 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 
And it's flying, which is very important, actually. Yeah, you can actually just start dealing damage to people and attacking. Well, yeah, and also flyers are usually the one thing that that's going to get over the heads of, like, your uh, high priest dependents and all that. Yeah, true. You just put the indestructible thing on Soul Collector and block, <laughs> block all day. Jeez. All right, well, Josh has built this deck. I ordered all the cards. I haven't played it or got the cards yet. Well, you know... I look forward to the first game where I think it's going to take longer than usual because you have to. Like, I have to sit there looking and think, at your hand like, what and being do I? Like, do? Yeah, I could do three different things right now, and I have no idea if any of them will help me win the game. And I also, <laughs> there's a lot of math. Like, so if I do that, and then he, and then I do that, yeah. like, how much damage does that do to everything? I'm just gonna play like counterspell and just <laughs> watch the tears flow. Just one negate, and magical Christmas land turns into. I don't know, another holiday that's not as magical. It turns into unmagical. Unmagical. Easterland. <laughs> <laughs> Mundane Easterland. Which in Easter is pretty magical considering a giant bunny hands Would it out be candy. Like, yeah, so maybe it's like Muggle Valentine's Day. Muggle Valentine's Day, wow. Yeah, all the magic is taken out. Harry's wand has been broken in half. <laughs> Counterspell. <laughs> but for all the other instants because you have obviously five or six different cards that all do the same thing and i probably won't ever have that many counter spells i cannot wait you don't play a lot happens. of counter spells no i don't yeah, i mean honestly so. like screw counter spells just have everyone play it out and if i even if i'm in blue i'll usually only have swan song and counter spell and yeah maybe one other so it's like i can counter one thing once in a while but yeah i'm not i always a, want to have modal counter spells and it, yeah. the best one is 60 dollars. so <laughs> i don't have too many of those <laughs> well, cryptic command oh yeah oh yeah uh, so that, that All is, right, that do you have a name our... for the deck? Yeah, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting stop. yourself? Why are you hitting yourself, Josh? Stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Oh, no, I know why you're hitting yourself. Wait, no, stop. <laughs> stop hitting yourself. You've clearly had this happen to you also. Yeah, I like how it is, it turns from the, why are you hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself into, wait, no, no, please, please stop, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> please, I just love light magic. <laughs> so that's fun. I like control that doesn't involve countering and, you know, like lockdown effects, because right. this is a different kind of control. Very, very good. So that's our Deck Tech Daydream for today. Uh, we're moving into the end step now in the cleanup phase. Uh, let's oh, you got first... a cool thing? Oh, well, I'm going to sweep up all the broken dreams off the table. Because you <laughs> what are you sh- talking about? That was my dream. This did, yeah, the, and you're uh, shattering everyone else's dream in the process. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, it may not even work. Um, let me think here. Uh, I've well... got a cool thing. Okay, go for it. It's another podcast. Okay. I'm sort of... Yeah, well, we do podcasts, but I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, the Freakonomics podcast, which is another very popular podcast, mm-hmm. um, it's by economics. One's an economic professor, one's just a writer, but he's a big economics guy, I guess. They've done a couple of books, which I've read. It's very interesting uh, just take on sort of the hidden side of everything, I think, is their tagline. Oh, okay. And, uh, Behind been, economics? Yeah, but just they look at like all kinds of things, like... Um, I don't know. They'll they'll talk about the Super Bowl and all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like politics and government and and, and right. what we think of the economy. They actually talk about like, you know, is it statistically a good idea to go to college or, you know, Oh, interesting. Is one of the things they talked about recently that I thought was really interesting was like, did you know that that drunk walking is actually statistically more dangerous than drunk driving? <sighs> You're actually more likely to die yourself. Mhm drunk walking than you are drunk driving which doesn't by the way endorse the other one over there <laughs> no well the thing about drunk driving is you're more you well, obviously you're you can hurt somebody else but you're right but you're also surrounded by self-inflating pillows that will save your life right but i mean and and you have the ability to to kill somebody else which, right you know basically you shouldn't do either of those things is what they were saying like but drunk, statistically drunk, drunk walking, walking is, is very dangerous. is mm. yeah yeah so that's i will like, say this the most dangerous thing we do every single day is get into our cars and drive to our destination oh yeah statistically yeah did you know that statistically swimming is way more dangerous than skydiving 
Oh, just yeah. per capita, like yeah, way yeah, yeah. more people die. And swimming. that's that's upscaling the amount of people that skydive and the people that swim. Yeah, it's per capita. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not total numbers of death. It's total that numbers. Totally of, makes sense. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. But we're very scared of like skydive or like like shark shark attacks. Right. Even though you know your chance of dying to a shark attack is way less <laughs> likely than your chance of dying in the car. But that's not Jaws. It seems extremely likely. Yeah. Exactly. I'm never going to a beach ever again. <laughs> That is very interesting. So well, Freakonomics, the podcast, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to talk about another board game. I think because, I know which game. Yeah, it's uh, our friend Matt brought it over the other night, and it had a really interesting combination of poker chips and or things that felt like poker chips and buying cards and actually sort of building up what felt like a mana base. Yeah, it, it had some similarities yeah. to Magic. It's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, the game is called Splendor, and it's kind of like you're building up your own um, jewel empire. You can take uh, either... You have, like, a couple you of options. You have choices of how choices, many yeah. gems On you can On the board, take. there are cards laid out that have, like, buying costs, essentially casting costs. And if you get it, you get a what feels like a mana token, like a gem. Like, you can get rubies or diamonds or emeralds, and they all pay for a separate color. And you essentially try and build up your own bank of diamonds by either taking uh, chips from the bank and paying for those cards and then using those cards you can use them once a turn to buy another card on the table so you essentially are balancing buying these cheap cards and then buying more expensive ones and eventually they have victory points on them and the game was really fast paced it was really fun and really yeah, easy it sounds to learn. more complicated than it is it's actually super simple to learn but yeah there's a lot of depth there because there's a pretty big decision there was tree. a lot of depth yeah, yeah. And, and it's also you're also going against because everyone can see the communal uh pile of cards in the middle and they you can target one and if someone else is going for the same thing then they can sort of pinpoint you what pinpoint, you're going for yeah. they can start like yeah the resources are limited so they can start like taking the resources they know you're going to need yeah or it's, they can go a wholly an entirely separate route and just do their own thing but it's really interesting there's a lot of interactivity for being a game where no one's actually directly interacting with the other players yeah, pretty sweet. It's called yeah. Splendor. Definitely, I would say, check it out. Yeah, a lot of board games I've been playing. I've been playing a lot recently. Now that Matt's done with VGHS, he's like, hey, Jimmy, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, well, I, was, I'm, I think I'm going to write or work. He's like, want to play board games? I'm like, well, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what Jimmy says. He goes, yeah, let's yeah, play board games. Yeah, come on over to my place. Working. 8 p.m. Cool, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll uh, clear the about? table and uh, get a beer and we're good. But now that uh, Fate Reforged is going on moto, I think that uh, I know what I'm yes, going to probably be doing. Yes, pre-release events yeah. start uh, tomorrow for us recording the podcast. It starts tomorrow at 10 or something or 1 p.m. So, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll play one working. together. Working. And then after that. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all my work done and my homework, obviously, and then I'm going to play. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Oh, also, uh, hopefully, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, the Seahawks will have won the Super Bowl. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't jinx it by like... Hey, I said hopefully. I didn't say the Seahawks are going oh, to man. win. I never, no, I never directly gonna, said it. Now just, I did, I get it. Yeah, oh, I'm going to blame you now if something bad oh, happens. Oh, gosh. Is that what I set myself up yeah, for? Yeah, you did. All right, fine. You hopefully, did. the Super Bowl will have been a good game. And, and everybody a, will have had a fun time. A fun time. Uh, no one will have been injured. And Yeah, do not drunk walk home after the Super Bowl oh, or yeah. drive. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. just crash on your, uh, your couch. On your buddy's couch. Not or in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a car or in an accident. Yeah. yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, I guess saying this retroactively doesn't really. I hope sense, you stayed safe. I hope you guys stayed safe. And I hope both teams had a great time at the Sports Bowl where they scored all the points. <laughs> I hope they sported off. They sported so hard that they are done sporting until next season. All right, everybody. <laughs> we'll Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Thank you for your attention.
For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>